SSE3 has sprung many a leak and it's going down. I've got two scurvy dogs to help bail us out of this mess on episode 73 of Gaming Fix on this June 8th, 2019. Uh, joining me today, Alex Jelena. This just made me think of the Oberdin and it made me sad. <laughs> I do sad when I think of that spectacular game I cannot experience fresh once again. Uh, and... The other scurvy dog is Pat Cotter. If you puke enough in the boat, it also makes it sink. Arr, that'd be true. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so last week we did our E3 predictions, uh, but E3 has still not happened, and there's lots of leaks. I think 80% uh, of our predictions you could answer one way or the other at this point. <laughs> maybe. Uh, but none of the yes, no ones, though. Uh, so... Uh, going, I don't know. We're going to start with what we've been playing. Uh, cause we didn't talk about that last week and there's only a couple of us today. Uh, so I don't know, Pat, you want to start? What have you been playing? Yeah. So, um, I have been playing, I actually played a load of stuff. I brought a couple of things to, to talk about briefly here, but, um, the first thing that I've been playing that I've probably played the most of is, um, a game called the outer wilds. No spoiler in them as I just installed it. Absolutely not. No, I'm, I, I, I have two very narrative focused games. Um, I, you can be safe and I will not spoil either of them. Um, do you know anything about it other than it's space? Uh, there is like, uh, I was listening to the bo- uh, giant beast cast and I described it as kind of mist. Like I know there's puzzles. Yes. There's no, like, so- I think Vinny, people have done a really good job of like talking around this game yeah. without spoiling anything. And Vinny actually did an especially great job of that on this week's Beastcast. Uh, I, I was really impressed um, because even on Waypoint, they didn't get spoilery. Like I wouldn't say don't listen to it, but mm-hmm. there was a lot of like someone saying something and then Austin doing the like, mm, mm, thing like, mm-hmm. which is in itself kind of a bit of a, like, but I mean, that could mean things. so many things. It could. Yeah, no, it's I, not. I want to like, you know, I want to get into this and like talk about it. So it's like exciting and like, yes, Oh, there's, totally. There's yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, the nice thing too, is that the game, the big thing that is the reason why you should avoid knowing anything about it. You find out fairly early on. So, um, it's still something cool that I wouldn't want to spoil it for anyone, spoil for anyone. But, uh, um, but anyway, that game, yeah, it's in broad terms that are non-spoilery. Um, it was interesting also not to just like talk about do a podcast about another podcast. It was interesting to hear them on the beast cast, try to explain to, um, Dan Reichert, what the outer wilds is, Mm -hmm. um, because I was doing dishes listening to it last night and I was just kind of like, it's not really anything like it has narrative elements that are from, that are similar in games of like gone home, but it has puzzle solving that is more on par with something kind of like mist. Although it's not really a game where like you have a door and you have to solve a puzzle to get the door to open. That's not really how the puzzles work. The puzzles are much more esoteric and kind of, have more to do with like how the, the universe works um, and, and kind of picking those things apart. Uh, and then it has like, it's all couched in this, like you're flying around 
And so there's like a lot of physics stuff in terms of like navigating from point A to point B. And it's fun because there's not like, you just get better at it at the flying stuff that that stuff is very neat because over time you start off and it's like, Oh God, I'm going to crash. And then after five or six hours, it's like you could pull off these crazy cool maneuvers and that's not even like the point of the game at all. Mm-hmm. So it, cause you're on like a time timed thing. Right. So yeah, be, yeah. getting better at the flying makes every, right. like, everything easier. Um, and like and it's time to do stuff. I mean, I guess it's a, a it's, there's, there's not like, upgrades and stuff. It's not an RPG. It's, yeah. it's an adventure game. So your ship doesn't like get better or anything, no, you but you get better. At, yeah, exactly. So it's, it's a really remarkable game. And then when it, obviously I won't spoil any of the narrative stuff, but I, that that's been the biggest surprise to me. Like I played this game a long time ago, originally mm-hmm. when it was still a student game. And, um, the art overhaul that has happened is incredible, but, uh, I wasn't really expecting it to have, as coherent and rich as of a narrative as it does, because in that original thing, you could infer some of the stuff from the narrative, but it didn't have the same amount of like writing. Um, that's all stuff that they've added as it's been developed. And it is just, I'm blown away by how good all of that stuff is and how complete it all is. I mean, it's, got funny moments. It's got really sad moments. It has really exciting moments. Like it's just really, really well done. And the way it's conveyed is so cool. Um, that, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's definitely a kind of game that I want people to, it's funny because it's like, this kind of is, it's not like Oberdin at all, but it kind of has similar feelings for me as that game did where I want someone to make more games like this, but I also don't because this is so cool and unique and on its own Island that I don't really think it can be recreated. Um, and I think that it's just like very, very special the in the space that it exists now. Um, so I, I really, really think if you, if anybody that has any, like I'm, I think I'm about halfway or two thirds of the way through. It's also kind of a long game for what it is. You might expect it to be like three or four hours, but it's like 20 to 30 hours, um, which is awesome. Cause you get lots of time in the space and with the, that, that setting. Um, but, uh, I, it, it, it's very, it could very well end up being like my favorite game by the time I'm done with it. I'm just very, very, I mean, as long as the story continues to pan out and from everything I've heard, it does. Um, it, it's just such a cool thing. Uh, it's, and, and it, it's, it's so, um, unique and inventive and there's just not much like it or that I think we'll ever get like it again. So I definitely would highly encourage anyone with an interest in adventure games to play it. Um, if you really need there to be combat in a video game to enjoy it, that's not, this isn't the one for you. If you need like stats and numbers, it's not the one for you, but if you like like narrative adventure um, and like exploration, uh, this is, I feel like there's sort of this, like, it's like a unicorn that, that no man's sky almost hit. Not that the comparisons to no man's sky in this game are kind of funny to me because they couldn't really be more different. They both have a spaceship in them. Yeah. You get but, a spaceship and you fly to some planets. Yeah. But, but, um, but I will say that there's a sort of, among space game enthusiasts, there's sort of a like unicorn of a game where 
someone figures out how to make space exploration interesting because it turns out space exploration is kind of boring. Yeah. Um, and that a game where you don't have to have combat or anything, just like the act of exploring is what's cool. Mm-hmm. And they totally nailed that with the outer wilds. And it turns out the way that you nail it is you kind of un- you unhook the reality from it a little bit. Cause you know, the outer worlds has kind of a cartoony feel and mm-hmm. the, the planets are small. Um, but it, it does that really, really well. Um, so I'm excited to hear your thoughts on it. Um, I really need to finish it, but I'm also at a point in it now where it's starting to get a little more challenging too. So, uh, like the things it's asking me to do are a little more challenging. So, uh, it's been a little more, uh, kind of been rubbing up against it a little bit. Um, and then kind of along those lines, I also played in a sitting last night, uh, Draugen, um, also a bit of a narrative, uh, a narrative experience. Um, this one's going to be pretty familiar if you're, it's kind of in the same space as games like gone home and, uh, um, Edith Finch and Tacoma, in that it is a very, pretty short. It's about, took me about three, three and a half hours, I think. So like long movie amount of time. Um, and actually it was, it was fun cause, uh, my partner was playing a game when we were both playing games on our PCs and she kept looking over while she was in the middle of like, uh, she's playing, um, paladins and she kept looking over and like, asking questions about like, Oh, well, what's, what's going on here? What's going on here? And after about an hour, she was like, can you just put this on the steam link? And then we ended up, she ended up sitting with me and playing through the whole thing. Um, and, uh, I also at one point got very, very tired and was like, well, maybe this will be a two sitting game. And then something happened and it like woke me up and <laughs> drove me through to finish it. So, uh, I, I definitely can say off the, off the front, I recommend it if you like those kinds of games, but, um, the premise of, of it, they, they refer to it as Fjord Noir, hmm. which is, I don't know that I think that's sort of silly. At least the, the, the people that, that, uh, developed it are from Norway. So it, I, I, they totally have license to use that, that term. And it's set it's set in Norway, but, um, it's not super like, there's no like Norse mythology stuff going on or anything, mm-hmm. but, uh, it, the premise is that you are, um, kind of a mysterious figure, but not like, Ooh, dark, mysterious past necessarily more just like they don't, you're kind of playing as this Edward character is kind of a blank slate. It's 1923. You and your ward, um, whose relation to you isn't really made clear. Uh, but you're sort of a, a guardian educator kind of, thing. And then there's also some implication that she's sort of a caregiver as well. Um, that you have have some, some conditions that are, um, that she helps you with, uh, you're drawn to this, uh, small village, uh, on a, on a fjord. Um, and, uh, I think it's called Gravik. Gravik. Yeah. Gravik is the name. Um, and it's just this little tiny village because your sister is missing and, you have reason to believe that she was here. Um, and there's some implication that she might be like a journalist, but it's not super clear what her, like what she does and why she would be there. And, uh, you get there and it's becomes very evident within minutes that like, there's nobody here. Um, and so you are kind of, you, you set on this path with your ward to kind of figure out where everyone went. 
um, and what's going on and, and unravel this mystery. And, uh, it's a really, really like impressive story and really, really impressively written and voice acted. Um, I was very, I, I'm pretty, I guess time goes on, I get more and more critical of voice acting in games. Like mm-hmm. I think that because we have such remarkable things like, uh, like, like God of war and Yakuza and stuff, like it takes a lot to impress me in terms of like performances in, in video games. And they did a really really great job with dragon. Um, and it's, it's helped by like the script being really good. And it does a thing that a lot of my favorite games do. Um, this is something that night in the woods does that really put that over the top for me. And it's something that, um, oxen free also does where the dialogue isn't it's, they tried to strike like a natural cadence. It's not, I say something, you say something, you say something, I say something. It's much more, there's more of a flow where they're kind of interrupting each other and, inserting things here and there. And, um, so it feels like a really natural dialogue between these two characters. And so between that and the performance and the writing, it's just a really, really cool since most of the game is you looking at things and then talking to the character, Alice, that's with you. Um, it makes it really engaging because you're actually like interested to hear what she has to say. It's not like, well, I have to push through this dialogue because that's the next thing. Um, and it's also just, I wouldn't want to spoil anything cause it's very short, but it touches on themes that I usually think games should just leave alone. Um, mostly because I don't think there's that many, there's certainly people I would trust, but I don't think there's that many developers that could not even could, but would choose to handle some of these themes with the kind of weight and um care that they managed to do in this game um and i so and and it's not spoiler to say like this stuff like mental illness suicide that kind of thing um and they just do a really 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 good job of portraying that stuff as far as i can tell as someone who has had limited experience with some of the subject matter um it felt very like smart and very like careful about how it talks about these subjects. Um, and, uh, I think people should play it. I mean, it's really good. It's, it's fun. I understand that for a lot of people, $20 is a lot to ask for like a three hour experience, but I, I don't know, think of it as buying a Blu-ray or something like it's, it's, it's a, it's worth it. And it's actually the kind of thing I think you based on where the story goes. I think it would be fun to play it again, knowing how it ends from the beginning, because it does have like twists and turns and really interesting stuff. There's a couple of moments in there that I'll probably narrow down to present as one of our best moments. Um, because there's some really cool like things that happen. It's also neat cause it's written by, uh, the team that did the Dreamfall chapters games. Um, Interesting. And it's it specifically is written and directed by um, Ragnar Tornquist, who did The Longest Journey, the original Dreamfall game. And he also wrote The Secret World, which is a underplayed MMO that I really, 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 really loved. Um, and it's also one that uh, the music in all of those games is also really, really phenomenal. And Simon Poole, that co- composer did the, the music for Draugen as well. And I don't think I've heard better music this year in a video game. Um, nice. like, the outer wilds has some great like refrains. 
Um, but, but Draugen's score is so complete. It's just like, there's, there's unique compositions for every like moment. It feels like, so yeah, it's a, it's a cool game. Uh, and I have one other thing I could talk about, which is, it was a rough week and baseball is very comfort foodie for me. So I picked up MLB the show and played some of that, but it's also baseball. They're leaning into the baseball RPG aspect of their road to the show career. Um, which I think is cool because that's smart. And like when you're playing road to the show, I don't necessarily need it to be like one-to-one simulation. I'm more interested in it kind of emulating what it's like to be a baseball player. And so they're trying to reach more at like this year, you like interact with, people in the, on the team in your clubhouse and then you build up a relationship meter with them. And then, you know, you might have a better chance stealing second when the person that you're like bros with, and they use the term bro, uh, when the person that you're bros with is at the plate and stuff like that. Um, there's also a weird, (laughs) there's also a weird, uh, perk system that I kind of dig where as you choose dialogue options and they're not like, meaningfully different they're all like supportive and friendly or if you're talking to a rival which you can also do they're fuck you um but the different dialogue options all give you points on a like skill tree that has perks like um like i have a perk now that once per game i can activate showtime at the plate which is like their slow-mo like slow down the pitches and make it give you like time to react to them and stuff. So that stuff is really cool. Um, they also continue to streamline. This is the biggest thing. <laughs> they continue to streamline how quickly you can play games in road to the show, which is important because the idea is you're kind of like playing a character's career and like they play a lot of baseball games in a season. So to try to get through more than a season is sometimes a challenge, but at this point now you can get through baseball games in like five minutes a game. Um, so that means, you know, it's still a lot. It still can take like 10 hours to play through a season or more, but, uh, but, but you, you can move a little bit at a little bit faster clip. Like if you played this as your main game for a couple months, you could, you could make it through like a good chunk of your character's career, which is cool. Um, but yeah, otherwise they haven't been a lot, made a lot of changes. Um, I think it's also impressive that they still, they're, San Diego studios is really great because they could be putting out a game that looks like crazy good on PS4 pro and kind of leaves the standard PS4 in the, in the lurch, but they continue to make sure that it runs at a really solid frame rate every year on launch PS4s, which is cool. Cause that's what I have. And it like, look, it looks fine. It doesn't look like God of war good or anything, but it runs really, really, really smooth and it looks as good as you need anyway. So yeah. Nice. Uh, I, st- I still don't get baseball, but I'm glad uh, that people find joy in that game. It sounds like I, I'm, I've always been surprised that the the show is like such a beloved franchise because like as a sports game, usually like, like Madden's popular, but it always sounds like the games are like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think but that the show is like so consistently like really good is surprising to me. I think it's kind of, frankly, it's, I don't want to say it's easy in the, like the work they do is easy. Cause that's not the case, but yeah. I think the making the decisions on how a baseball game is going to work because baseball is a pretty gamey game. Um, 
like there's people who talk about it being more of a game than a sport or whatever. And I don't have any opinions on those kinds of arguments, but um, it's because it moves in such like, and I mean, football is good for this too in a way, but it moves in those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The biggest thing that, that makes the show so good is that they have just a phenomenal physics calculation for the way the ball works. Mm -hmm. So when you hit the ball, it, works it goes the way like you never i've never once in the probably over the last whatever 10 years that the show has been out longer um than that i have never once like been like oh that's not where the ball should have gone it's always it always feels like fair and accurate and realistic um like by contrast part of the reason i picked up the show is because i wanted a sports game as a comfort game and i started playing nhl 19 uh, cause it was on games with gold for free and like hockey is really good, a really good sport for a video game you would think. And in a lot of ways it, it's good, but the pro they still have such like, there's still such little things of like, you can't tell your teammates how to behave. So sometimes someone goes offside because they're not paying attention to what you're doing because they're not real people mm-hmm. and it's really frustrating. And there's still things like if you hit the poke check button and there's like, and you're not directly in front of the player, you'll get called for tripping. And then it's like, well, you're not going to get any stat gains in this game. Cause your whole performance is now reduced because you got a penalty. Um, so there's still so many little issues like that in Madden. Also baseball is, is can be distilled so much into the pitching batting duel duel that they just, they they can really dial that in instead of worrying about like player interactions. Um, and, and I think that's part of why it works. You know, a game we need more of is NHL hits with a Z. (laughs) I don't know if you ever played that, but it's basically, it's basically NBA jam, but with, uh, hockey. I, I think that a lot of why, um, this is true of 2k also basketball, 2k basketball. Um, what people want is people claim they want the, a perfectly realistic simulation of the sport. And that's not really what they want. What they want is something that feels perfectly realistic, but tweaks the numbers in their favor enough that they can be really cool and yeah. really cool stuff. And I think that both the show and NBA 2k are really, really good at that. Um, in a way that, uh, some of the other sports franchises struggle with a bit. Yeah. Uh, sure. and, like it's just again it's just interesting when like madden and stuff uh there's like the exclusivity to ea and then sony somehow got the mlb license and they have the exclusive and like they could probably just coast on that but they they don't they they really work hard to put out a good game so that's cool and yeah. not that not that the ea people don't work hard on those games but no no i know what you mean they seem to have stagnated in some ways or something i don't know yeah, i don't play them so I, I can't really say just i'm going off of like what i've heard the madden push has really been about adding those narrative modes where you're like Trust playing it. a story or whatever and i just i think the first year they did that it was interesting but that was they the did spike lee year right I don't remember if Spike Lee directed it. That wasn't Madden. I don't think so. That was was NBA. NBA Um, The the first year that they put that story mode, which I think actually started in FIFA maybe. um, Maybe. But either way, like they did it very on a very limited scale. And it was like, Oh, this is really cool. And then like last year's FIFA game, they expanded on the story and it was terrible. Um, And the story in Madden last year, I guess was not very good. So it's like, they took sort of a cool thing and then, 
sort of ran it into the ground the way that they tend to do. So I don't know. This is one of the things about the show is they, they have managed, it's a bit of a smoke and mirrors because they've managed to get people really excited about very minor tweaks. Um, so like they'll do things like the fielding this year is a little bit different than it was last year, but mm-hmm. they still, it's like they can put on the box, like totally redesigned revolutionary new fielding mechanics <laughs> because the game Trust. is so dialed in over time. And is so like such yeah. an institution that minor changes to how that stuff works actually feel impactful, mm-hmm. which is more of a testament to how good the core of that game is than anything else. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's, I think they also nailed a thing that, that should be in every single sports game. I didn't do it this year, but I might next year, your created character, your, your road to the show character, you can pull them into new games. So you don't have to start over every time. If you don't want to, mm-hmm. you can, you can say like, well, I made it through four seasons last time. My guy's 20 years, two years old now. And, um, I'm going to pull them into the new, the new game. Um, I don't like doing that because they always, totally change how character generation works every year. So it feels weird to me. I, I'm sure there's a tool that makes it so that your character from last year fits into the new system, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. That's cool. If you like baseball, play it. You should play it. it it's pretty easy to determine whether or not you're going to like that game based mm-hmm. on whether or not you enjoy baseball. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Alex, right now I need you to give me two predictions about EA at E3 or oh, EA play this year. God. Uh, Hot off the dome. Let's see here. There's never going to be another mirror's edge. Okay. So does Is that, that like count a, as, an, as a prediction? Uh, <laughs> if you want to say no mirror's edge, I guess we can allow it. Yeah. I'm going to say no mirror's edge because I think, uh, what was the last the very, one? Uh, uh, two uh, years ago. It? Three years I can't ago? even remember what it's called. Uh, I wanted to. I want Catalyst? to play. It's like five bucks all the time. Yeah, Catalyst. Yeah, I never I, finished the first one. Even I should play both of those games. Yeah, it's pretty quick to finish. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's one. No Mirror's Edge. Number I'm two. I'm gonna say maybe. Like, are we talking about? We're talking about EA Play, right? I think we might Which they see... have a schedule for, so no mirror's right. edge seems pretty safe. Okay. I think <laughs> but they might do a surprise. Yeah. I think we might see some Titanfall three gameplay. Okay. Titanfall three gameplay. You think that'll be an EA play? All right. Uh, uh, we don't yeah. have to spin off into a whole discussion about EA play, but based on the way they handled, they've been handling the games that aren't on that schedule, namely battlefront two, um, I actually don't think there's going to be a single surprise in that whole thing. Maybe not, not in a bad way. Cause battlefront yeah. two, they put out a really great like community blog that was like, here's what we're doing the rest of the year. And it was cool mm-hmm. stuff like new map, yeah. new characters, new modes. It was really co- co- comprehensive and stuff, but they, I don't, I, I expected them to come in during the fallen order thing and say like, Hey, in other EA star Wars news, here's a quick note about battlefront two. Yeah. Like, so like they're so the only new things they've got they have nothing surprising at the show everything is it's star wars game which we already knew about but we haven't like seen aside from like a cg trailer and then it's like sports games basically yep. and like oh. stuff that's already out battlefield 5 oh, yep but they already announced some stuff for that 
Sports game. What did I guess? <laughs> they sure did. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Oh, geez. I forgot about that. Was... What does that Battlefield 5 stream look like today? Oh, God. Yeah, for real. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I kind of want to watch it for the train wreck. I really yeah. the only thing on my schedule is to, to tune in for that Jedi Order thing, which is yeah. telling that they put that right at the top of the day, too. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Cause you know, they get people in there and then nobody cares after that. Cause what they've got is like, who actually cares about any of that? Uh, I mean, I guess there are people who like the sports games and stuff, but I'm just like, why are you doing uh, it this way? I don't see why anyone as someone who has a, I would say more than casual, but not core interest in sports games. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't give a shit about any presentation about sports game. Cause it's going to, the game's going to come out every year. They're going like, to, they're going to say the last one was bad. The new one is good. Yeah. And I mean, every year it's going to be like, there's six changes that we that fit into bullet points neatly on the box, but really you're buying it for the rosters. That's how yeah. sports always have been. And that's how they always will be. I don't understand why anyone cares about like, <laughs> presentations about the truck stick, baby. I will, I will say that, uh, I am kind of interested in how, what they talk about with the Sims later, because I think that this could be a year that the Sims five shows up. Um, They've called yes. the panel the Sims four. Um, yeah. and so I would be curious about that. Cause I do like the Sims. Um, and I would be pretty excited for a Sims five announcement. Not mm-hmm. that I would be disappointed if they don't, but, um, but that's a cool series. And they, they, I mean, they they'll, they'll probably make a Sims five. It's, it's possible, but it, I mean, they could also just continue to make expansions for the Sims four for another two or three years. But what if, what if, just hear me out. What if they made a new game that didn't have like all the expansion stuff and then they made you buy the expansion stuff again? Yeah. I mean, that's the big criticism. Those people are going to do it. Um, I usually, I like when they put out a new Sims game because even though they do that and there's no denying that they do that, um, they usually have some really cool hook. Yeah. They, they, they do add new stuff. Yeah. But then they also take like, how many pets expansions have there been? Like, I think there's been one for every game. Yeah. And like, come on, come on, just put the pets in the game. Uh, Speaking of Sims or Sim uh, prefixes for games, do you think Sim city ever comes back or is it dead? I think the more likely thing is it comes back as a remaster of the original game phone game. Well, it is uh, a phone game already. It is a phone game, yeah. Yeah, there's actually multiple phone games. There's one that you just buy, and it's the original SimCity and pretty good, and then there's one that's like free-to-play, time-based stuff. I don't remember what it's called, but yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I think that SimCity, I could see them um, either taking SimCity 4 or the original SimCity, or like one of the earlier ones, the ones pr- before the 2016 SimCity, or whatever year that was, 2015, I don't remember. Might be even earlier than that. Uh, yeah. What is time? Um, yeah, what is time? But uh, I could see them saying like, "Hey, we didn't. We remade this with 4K textures, or in the case of the 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 more the the like pixel art ones, like we made them really really pretty, but it's the same game mechanically under the hood. That's that's how I could see them reintroducing that franchise. I highly doubt we'll ever we'll see a new SimCity for a long time. Sure. I think that's, that's safe. Uh, Alex, I'm going to ask for two bets or two predictions about Xbox, Microsoft. Oh boy. It should be noted. I have been so far away from anything games for the past week. That's why he's throwing these on me. That's that's why it's fun. I think. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I have no idea what's going on with the rumor mill. I ain't got, yeah, I ain't gotten nothing. So, um, 
let's let's see here. What's a game series that they? I wonder if they reintroduce Link's Recore. the time cat. Oh God, please! <laughs> I wonder if they reintroduce Recore in any meaningful way because that game was okay. almost good. Yeah, didn't they... play that? Do, I would do, like that game. Do like a. F- uh, f- Remaster, uh, not a remaster, like a yeah, they, like they, edition. Yeah, they they added the stuff that they took out at the initial launch, basically. Okay, and yeah. from what I've heard, with that stuff in that game is quite good. Yeah, that's 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 the impression that I've gotten from hearing people talk about it. It kind of fell on flew under the radar uh, when that all happened, but I've heard it's yeah. very good. So, yeah. are you thinking on Recore sequel or? Yeah, I'm going to say an entirely new game in the Recore franchise. Okay. Okay. Cause, uh, cause, and your second prediction. Um. Well, we already know that Ori in the Blind Forest, its uh, sequel is coming. So let's play that fun. too. Um. What has Double Fine been up to? Have they been uh, doing anything? Psychonauts two. Yeah, yeah, I wonder if they're going to do something. Got a game called Rad. I think it's oh, Rad. Rad. Yeah. Yeah. Rad. That game like looks very cool, actually. Because there was a time when um, when they were pretty in bed with Microsoft between like the Sesame Street game and Trenched and or Iron Brigade and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, Double Fine Happy Hour for the Connect or whatever yep. it is. So I wonder if we'll see some kind of Double Fine exclusive. Double Fine okay. Happy Hour that, for the Hololens. <laughs> yeah, one that is not Rad or uh, Psychonauts. Psychonauts. Okay. It's interesting because they kind of, um, they kind of have as I understand as I've the impression I've gotten is they've kind of had a bit of a of a relationship with Sony mm-hmm. because they put out that Psychonauts VR thing. That's originally. true. I That's think true. it came out on PSVR, but that could be just because it's available on everything now. I don't remember if it. I think they've got a relationship with whoever's going to give them money to pu- publish a thing. Yeah, totally. <laughs> not, kind of, not in like a, bad no, no, like, no, no. I think, I mean, that's how it works. Yeah, uh, I don't think they have any like hard and fast allegiances. No, I just, it, uh, definitely like a prior relationship has, I think weight, um, as like who would be interested in giving them money. Um, yeah. but I don't know. Uh, it's interesting. I don't know if there's any kind of co-marketing already in place for like psychonauts even. So mm-hmm. I could even see, that going I underway. Could, I could see them doing. Didn't that get announced at like P? I thought it got announced at a Sony event. I thought it got announced at a PSX. I know they showed like the Rhombus of Ruin thing. Um, okay. Uh, oh, what if they were doing a Nintendo exclusive? That's like well, that a Switch really... Double Fine exclusive, maybe. I don't know. I would love uh, that. I think those around like the Joy Con and like the who knows. Didn't Rad show up during a Nintendo Direct? Uh, it'll probably be on like the switch i think it i think it was announced at a nintendo direct actually yeah yeah, that's what i mean yeah yeah uh that's like that was july august august it looks like a pretty simple game but i'm i'm interested in it it sounds neat um we we didn't cover a very important topic about microsoft last week which was what is the game going to be on phil spencer's shirt uh blinks the time cat I think Blinks the Time Cat is a very reasonable thing to think because he always wears wild shirts. He, he wore Voodoo Vince. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else has he worn? He wore. Oh, oh crap. What's a rare property that, that needs to come back and not perfect? Uh, Banjo Kazooie. Yeah. Who is going to be in Smash? Or Conquer. No. 
<laughs> yes, the, Banjo. The, no the, Conquer. The original Conquer game was so good. Like not not the friggin' okay. uh, N64 game. The uh, the, like the Game Boy game. The Game Boy game oh, was really good. It's what? fine. It's not bad, but that was a thing. Yeah. Uh, Conquer. Yeah, Conquer <laughs> was a was kind of like a fun, f- like not kids only, but like yeah, like Banjo. Like, it was like a mascot. Like he was he was really like fun and friendly. And yeah, then they make. Yeah. yeah the game boy game was great it was like this top down like almost zelda-esque thing yeah it was, it was fun yes uh you're a little like i don't know like you got some interference on your mic there alex uh, i don't know what you can do to fix it it's it doesn't sound terrible all. it's just you know all right. Yeah. See if it's better. Sometimes now. it comes and goes. Yeah, it is. Better. It is better, right? That, uh, that snippet was better. We will. We will come back to your predictions uh, oh, for the wonderful. remainder of the. Uh, and we'll also need a hail mary, but uh, or two. Uh, but you know, you've got a little time here. As I uh, take my DeLorean, take us on a little road trip to space uh, with Black Paradox. Uh, this Black Paradox is a like shoot 'em up or not a shoot 'em up bullet hell roguelike with an absolutely banging synthwave soundtrack. Cool, like it's just oh, it's so good. And I wish that the rest of the game was as good as the soundtrack. Uh, and the game's not bad, but like the soundtrack is it. It's for a game that is more fun to play, I think, because like. There are so many roguelikes and roguelites or whatever that do like procedural generated levels that are like interesting and change. But since it's a bullet hell, everything you do, you're just scrolling to the right. And basically you just get like some enemies spawn in like from the top where you're, you know, basically from any like edge of the screen, usually from like above below or in front of you. And then maybe there's some asteroids. Uh, and like you get upgrades and stuff along the way, uh, which is like fine. Uh, you're pretty much what you'd expect. There's no like crazy, um, super unique stuff for it, like to match like the enemy design, specifically like the bosses and like the player. Cause the player you play as a DeLorean that is turned into a spaceship, which is like pretty silly, but also looks really cool. Cause like the doors are open so as like wings, the tires turn up and like sideways to be like thrusters. Uh, so like the aesthetics really cool and like, it's super easy to like read what's happening on the screen. Uh, even like with the back, like the space nebula background stuff. So even as a bullet hell, like you, it doesn't feel unfair because it's hard to read. Everything moves at a speed and like pace and stands out enough that it's easy to read. I don't play a lot of bullet hells. So it was, uh, it, it was difficult for me at times, uh, to like figure out what I was doing and like not panic. Uh, cause if you panic in a bullet hell, you're just going to keep making mistakes. Um, but yeah, it was real, uh, real fun to like hear the music, uh, in that game. And I wish the rest of it lived up to the music. Uh, but if, like if you can find it cheap, I think it's like 15 bucks. And if you like bullet hells, uh, or like roguelikes, roguelites, uh, you can check it out. It's, it's all right. Uh, but the main thing is I went to, uh, bit summit, which is the Kyoto indie game show, which is started by, Oh, Dylan. Oh, I forget the name. 
like Q games, the pixel junk studio, I believe, uh, like the founder of that studio also founded this, uh, indie game festival where lots of indie devs come to Kyoto and Japan from all over the world and show off their games. Uh, this year it was like 105 games, maybe more because some of the games didn't make it onto the webpage uh, that I was looking for. Um, like maybe last minute entries or people like snuck them in like, Oh, I'm bringing this. Uh, but I saw some real cool stuff. Uh, Alex, I think you would be interested in Necro Barista. Oh, I've been talking about that game for the past year. Yeah. Uh, I, the demo was only in Japanese, but I sat down and it was basically just like a tone piece. Yeah. It, uh, it so great. like it's, it looks real neat. Uh, I don't know it's when that's out. August. But, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So if you're into, cafes and visual novels and terms like necro barista uh check that out i'm only into two of those things and i'm gonna play that game <laughs> uh let's see what else uh oh god i played so much uh, i think the coolest thing i played was star renegades like the art oh, was renegade. Like, i thought you said reggae star, star reggae, reggae. <laughs> uh no. it's the startopia sequel uh, oh, yes, it was just, every time I walked by this game, I was like, man, that looks cool. Uh, it's like pixel art, but like very cool pixel art, lots of wind. And like, it's like very specifically designed. Like I was talking to the artist who was there, like giving demos and he was talking about how difficult it was and annoying it is to like animate the wind blowing on all the planets. Cause he has to like make sure every character's like cape and hair and like the smoke off the guns is all blowing in the same direction. And like consistently, uh, so that's just like a fun little thing, but basically the way it was described is like a JRPG, like Chrono Trigger or something like that, but without like the 45 hour to hundred hour time commitment, cause it's a roguelike, uh, kind of like a FTL or something like that, where you're going to like, uh, maybe not FTL, but, but uh, you're basically, you're going into like an, a planet and then the planet has like a map and you go around the map and you're completing objectives and there are like overarching stories. Uh, I think the main thing is like, you're part of a galactic war and basically you're with the resistance. Uh, so you're, you know, and then there's like, I think time travel of some sort, the tagline is like resist. Oh, what is it? I don't remember the last thing is repeat. Uh, so I think there might be some like, uh, into the breach in there, but basically the way the demo was, was you started with three characters and you're going through and you've got turn-based combat and you can do like team combos. So like characters will have relationships with each other. And as those relationships build, you get like better, like team combos. So then like they'll attack together and do more damage and like have special effects. Uh, you can build that up by like camping and like playing cards together and like having conversations. I think, uh, that wasn't in the demo, but it was explained to me. Uh, and then like, as you go through these levels, you find like, uh, new party members who you can bring into like later missions and stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, star renegades, real cool. People should be checking that out. I think it's out early next year. I think they said Q or like Q4 of this year. So like before March. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So if you go to like PAX or anything like that, 
to look for them. They're yeah. being published by Raw Fury. I think they may have been, I think they may have had a small booth in mm-hmm. the indie section at PAX last year. Maybe. Because the art looked familiar once mm-hmm. I saw, once I read your piece on it and saw the mm-hmm. art. But um, I didn't actually like get a chance to take a look at it last year. Mm-hmm. I'm going three days this year, so I can yeah. spend one day specifically just looking at indie games. Yeah, um, that was my biggest regret last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it's real neat. The demo I played was like five or six months old. He said, uh, and so like they had like there's like a lot of new art and like redone art and like a new UI because it was a little bit unintuitive, but I it looked real snazzy. Uh, and so if like they've replaced the art for like some stuff that I already thought looked really good, I'm really interested to see what that looks like. Uh, so that's kind of like one of the more anticipated games uh, of, for me of the show. The other one is Chrono Sword, uh, mm-hmm. which is like a isometric souls like, uh, with like a Nordic with Nordic inspiration, you're playing as oh I can't remember you're playing as a woman, uh, and like the demo has you starting off talking to Freya about like Balder and like they're I don't know he's missing or something I don't remember you demo on a show floor it didn't really matter exactly what the story was but um there's like actual like texts uh like choices and like text trees so it'll i'm interested to see if that has like an impact on the story or anything later on because in the demo is all just like information like oh ask this question ask this question uh but it had like a very like saying it has a deliberate combat system doesn't really do it justice because like all the souls like games that's kind of a uh, hallmark of them but you're very slow and putting yourself into vulnerable positions a lot. If you're not very careful, uh, like your first two attacks in a combo will be very quick, but then your third attack is just leaves you so wide open, uh, that it's really easy to just screw yourself over cause you're not paying attention or getting too greedy. Um, but there are cool things where like, uh, if you run out of stamina and you're standing near a wall, your character will put the hand, their hand on the wall and like bend over to like catch their breath. And that'll help you gain like, stamina back faster by like using the wall as support and like other contextual stuff like that. Uh, I beat the, I beat the boss, beat the boss on the show floor. So go me, I'm the best. Uh, last life. They're like, you get three lives, you get three deaths on this boss. I'm like, Oh, okay. I see. And then like died immediately on the first one. I was like, Oh no, almost got there on the second try and then got there on the third and they ch- uh, cheered for me. So, uh, I'm MLG now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was just like a, a real good feeling to be like, okay, I, I did this and people watch me and I don't feel like a loser. Cause when I played star renegades, I, Oh my God, I biffed it so hard. Uh, but that game's still real cool. Uh, let's see. What else did I play there? I played so much. Uh, so it's hard to process. I looked at some Sony stuff, a game called fist. I think it's by a Chinese studio. Whoa. You you play F I S T Uh, mm -hmm. and you play as a rabbit who has a giant, uh, fist on his back, like a mechanical arm on his back. <laughs> and then it's like punches people. Uh, it's like a side scrolling beat em up kind of thing. Beat em up, I guess. Uh, platform, you know, action platformer, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was kind of neat. Uh, da, 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 uh, West of dead, 
which is like a, another isometric souls like, but you're playing, it's like, uh, not souls like, uh, isometric roguelike, uh, where you've got like guns as your main weapons. Uh, it's like kind of like Western style, but you're kind of in like some catacombs. Uh, so that seems pretty neat. Uh, what else? Like that one, you had like a, like a six shooter and like a rifle or like a shotgun. Um, and you know, you're dodging around rooms and like at the beginning it starts like, okay, there's like one or two guys and like, it's like dual stick to aim. So, you know, move with the left stick, aim with the right stick. But in that isometric view, I just like couldn't quite get uh, some shots on people. And since they're, it's like Western themed, the guns are very slow to like reload and things like that. So I, I didn't do very well at that one. Uh, they had eyes on you that uh, I think it's VR Kanojo, but uh, for PSVR, I did not look at that one. I just saw people playing it. Uh, I saw Geo Corsi standing around by that booth. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Is yeah, he still building uh, the list? Uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to talk to him. He was busy at the moment. I wish I had, but uh I checked out the good life, the sweary game, but that was also only in Japanese. Uh, and I took a picture of a guy I, I had to like, so the guy giving the demo kind of helped me through some stuff. And he was like, Oh yeah, you go over here, you grab this. And like, so you go to like the bar and you grab like a mug, like a, like a tankard and you put it on the guy's table and then you go outside and you look through the window and then he starts drinking from it. And then you can take a picture and then you show it to like his daughter, I assume, or something. He's like, my dad's not supposed to be drinking. Uh, so I, so I don't know. It's <laughs> all in Japanese. I don't know. That's pretty great. It's like, I'm very excited for that game. Yeah. Yeah. It seems it. weird. Uh, I, it's one of the few, I actually backed it and, mm-hmm. yeah, um, same. I generally avoid backing, um, video game kickstarters, but mm. that one I had to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, shores unknown was another one I checked out, which, uh, I played it on switch. It's also coming to PC the demo I played, the text was way too small. Like, but I talked to the guy and he's like, yeah, we're going to, we're upsizing all the text. Uh, cause it's a, it's like a CRPG, I like got a computer RPG. Is that what the term people use? Yeah. Uh, it's, yep. but it's not like super like sprawling and I don't, I don't imagine there's like a million ways to solve things. It's kind of like you go and you give your, like basically you're talking to people for most of the stuff. I didn't seem like there's a like steal things kind of vibe and like, or, you know, you can do anything kind of vibe like a divinity or whatever. Um, but, and it seems like, so if you're intimidated by games like divinity, but you're still intrigued by them or like Baldur's gate or, you know, what have you, uh, you can, I think shores unknown would be a good place to jump in. It like, it's got like if RuneScape was actually made today instead of like based off of like 20 year old tech or whatever it is at this point. Um, yeah, so it, it's like pretty bare bones, but it's, uh, and like, so instead of having like a grid based tactical map, it's just, you select who you want to attack and then your character runs up and attacks them. And then they kind of just move freely about the space. Um, so that's neat. Uh, but it, in the demo I played, it was a little buggy. So people would like run up and then they'd run back and like around a little bit and do a little dance and then like attack. Finally, 
there's a part where like I was fighting some wolves and my characters like got ran off into the trees with the wolves. And I was like, what are you doing? What? Okay. It's fine. But, uh, the writing seems all right. Uh, like there's a threat coming from the North from the Merc, like some Viking people come and then they like make it snow. So I don't know. The white walkers, who knows? Huh. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Cool. yeah uh, so that's another one that's coming early 2020. Uh, Chrono Swords 2021 is what the site says. Uh, I played some smaller stuff, uh, unpacking, which is just a game about literally you got like a little diorama of a room and you're unpacking boxes, which I'm sure Alex is <sighs> intimately familiar with right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm good on that. You, game. Uh, you, yeah, it's supposed to, it's a Zen, like, uh, it's supposed to be like a Zen, like experience that helps teach you about life where oh. you're just like, you're unpacking boxes and you're putting stuff around a room. Is it, is it, um, does Mary Kondo stand behind it? Uh, no, uh, it's by the people who made assault Android cactus. I what? think. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's that, it's that team. I, I believe cool. that's the game I'm thinking of. Uh, cause they, they were there and I think that's their game. That's uh, yeah. Uh, so I, that's, I think that's like a ways off. It's very early in development, but I basically, I unpacked like a, a childhood bedroom with like a bunch of stuffed animals and like a Rubik's cube and stuff like that. And then I also did a kitchen, uh, you know, lots of plates and cups and stuff. And that's, Oh boy, there's a lot of cups. Uh, tell me about it yeah yeah uh yeah moving it sucks but uh unpacking is very uh very relaxing uh the game unpacking uh so people should i don't know look forward to that at some point uh alex i'm gonna ask you for some more predictions oh boy okay Uh, i I need i need three more about microsoft about Microsoft? Oh, yeah. Man. I mean, you could, you could stop at any point if you want to, let's say I'll move on, but, uh, you, uh, you know what? You give me your predictions, uh, for like X Microsoft, UB square and Nintendo. And we'll, we'll just have however many you have. All right. Okay. Let's do some Ubisoft. Okay. That's a little fresher. You know what we haven't seen in a long time? The Prince of Persia. Uh, Okay. I bet Jake we'll uh, he's kind of busy. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll put him in an animus that'll be take up a whole room and swing him around. Okay. Now you're talking my language. <laughs> I would love to see Prince you know, of Persia cross. Totally in line with uh, Ubisoft, like making all their games tie into each other in a weird way. <laughs> yeah. But I'd be kind of into it. So yeah. we already know that there's a watchdogs, what's it called? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Legion. Legion. Yeah. The London one. So not talking, not, not even going to talk about that. Uh, how about child of light? That was a really, really cool game that deserves a sequel. Okay. You think they do a sequel to child of light and not, a not a, you don't think they show something different from that. Like that studio. What was that? It's, like a- it's Ubi Montreal. So that, that was one of the Ubi art games though. Have we had an Ubi art game in a while? I don't think so. So maybe we should just boil that down to a new Ubi art game. What was, uh, Valiant Valiant Hearts? Yeah. Valiant Hearts. Uh, Was that that an Ubi art? Yep. I don't know. Was it? That that was kind of my question. Last one. Yeah. Uh, I think there was some Rayman thing, but, but yeah. 
Yeah, I, I like Valiant Hearts a lot. Uh, I don't know how much else I would have for Ubisoft. Like everything else would be pretty. I bet we're gonna see Just Dance. <laughs> what if What if you predicted a cooperative Rainbow Six game? Man, do you remember when they showed that Rainbow Six game like four years ago? Like before? No, it must have been five years ago before they showed Siege, and it was like uh, on that bridge. Pardon? I think it was that was Rainbow Six Patriots, wasn't it? Yes, Patriots. Wasn't that looks that, like, so good. Way long ago, I don't. Yeah, if they did I don't even remember so the game. I just remember they, people talking about it. I said that because uh, that there was a leak that they're that they're doing a Rainbow Six co-op. Yeah, oh, cool. yeah it's called Rainbow Six Quarantine. Okay, I'd be into that because I really like the single-player Rainbow Six games. The article that I was reading suggested that it's the evolution of that space game that they were making. Oh, it was uh, Watch Dogs. So, so I think I know what you're talking about. I think Jason that was pulled from what Jason Schreier was Got saying. It. Jason okay. Schreier corrected himself, and there's no DNA, no connection. It's a, okay. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, think something else that came from that but maybe that yeah. isn't a thing either I don't I, I, honestly um it, it it i when i first heard new rainbow six i was like there's no way they're not going to put out a new rainbow six like in the unless they say it's launching with next generation consoles like there's no reason for them to put out a rainbow six like right at the console launch because then they're going to split their siege player base mm-hmm. like unless, why not wait but the new consoles are backwards compatible well, but still, if it's a new skew and not just an enhanced version of Siege that talks to the old versions of Siege, well, like, but then if it's not if it's not a PvP game because the rumors, well, is, right? That's what I'm saying is this yeah. is how it makes sense. Yeah. Like the, the, my thinking was, if they were to do a sequel that focused on multiplayer, competitive multiplayer again, that 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 would be bad um, because they've built such a thing with Siege. But I mean, Call of Duty does it every year. Yeah, but I don't think it's the same because Call of Duty doesn't do multiple years of purchasable seasonal content per game where you really bake people into the ecosystem. Like, no, they just do one year where you buy DLC. That's what I mean, though, is that they have that established. So nobody bats an eye at it anymore. Whereas Siege has had like four years of support at this point, And there's like League of Legends numbers of characters in it now. So for them to say like, and a new game's coming and it's going to feature 15 operators and none of your stuff carries over. That would be like, Whoa, they would, they would rock their player base with that information. But since it sounds like it's a co-op game, that's the perfect solution Yeah, because it can take over some of the concepts from siege into something that is going to attract a totally different audience yeah. Yeah. Do you and think, also the same audience. Do you think there's room for another Graw? Like, obviously, they have Ghost Recon Wildlands and, like, uh, everything like that, but, like, a straight-up Graw. Probably not right now, but yeah, I, I don't like in the future, sure, but just yeah. not right now. I think that um, the, the thing that they're doing that's smart with Ghost Recon is they're not... They don't seem to be putting those games in as like, they don't seem to be building those games as platforms so much. Like Siege feels like a platform. Mm-hmm. It feels like when you launch Siege, you're playing, you're launching like a MOBA kind of thing. That's like, this is a service game that's going to exist forever. Whereas like the new Ghost Recon game isn't even called Wildlands. It's just called Breakpoint. Yeah. So I think that they're trying to make sure that Ghost Recon can remain a sort of fluid thing. Right now they're on this open world thing. Um, which the stuff they showed during the stadia stream looked very cool. Uh, and in the future though, I could totally see them getting back to a more single player more. I mean, the thing is 
wildlands despite being open world and yes you can do some dumb just cause shit like fly a helicopter into a building or whatever but um it, it still is a pretty tactical shooter i mean like you still play it if you play it on the hard difficulties it still feels like you're playing a ghost recon game so i don't know sure. i could see them bringing back the advanced warfighter name though if they needed to get a win <laughs> like if they were in some trouble with that series yeah and uh, the last doesn't one seem that, like they're right now but yeah the last one i would be interested in is do we see another rabbits game be it one on their own or another collaboration okay i think there'll be a collaboration that was one of my predictions okay uh, I could see it going either way. Like I could see it going either way. Like if something's in the works, like I, yeah, I'd be surprised if it doesn't leak before the press conference, it's not happening. That's what I'll say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, they did the star Fox stuff leak. I don't think that did. Did it? Uh, what, uh, for Starlink, the Starlink Star Fox connection. Yeah, uh, yeah, but that's like part of a game. Well, sure. But what I'm kind of yeah. actually, you're not wrong. This isn't really an argument, but having played the Star Fox version of that game, that it's, it is just part of the game, but boy, does that game feel like a Star Fox yeah. game? If you play it with the Star Fox stuff, I can't mm-hmm. imagine not having Star Fox in that game. Cause like, oh. there's like dialogue throughout the whole game with all of the Star Fox characters <laughs> in that uh, version. Yeah, but, but, um, the, the thing I'm getting at is more that they've announced a, they've done like some kind of collaboration with Nintendo for the past two years then, or three years even. So, well, oh, wait, okay. So they did, uh, Mario cross rapids. They did DLC. Yep. And then Starlink. Oh, Starlink. Right. Uh, yeah. So and Nintendo like, that's a much more minor thing than, yeah, I, I just wasn't even considering that as part of it because it's so much like smaller than like Mario cross rapids. Like, it ended up being smaller, but they still not, had, yeah, like so, some, I can't remember who it was that came out on stage last year, but they still made a huge deal of it at the Ubisoft thing. Yeah. Like in yeah. terms of the flow of the show, there's been a, Hey, here's an executive from Nintendo here mm-hmm. to talk about this collaboration. So it would be odd if they didn't have another one yeah. of those this year. And it's certainly not going to be Starlink DLC. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Square Enix, Alex. Uh, I'd like to think we see the new Yoko Taro game. Okay. Whatever the thing. Do you have any thoughts on what it might be? Well, everybody wants them to be working on the new Final Fantasy, but I don't know. Dragon Guard Four. Dragon Guard Four. Okay. <laughs> I think it has been all. I think they've said that his next project is a Final Fantasy. Like I, well, I'm yeah. pretty sure they. But I wonder if that's him working on 14 because he's designing something for like the like dungeon or creators. And honestly, mm-hmm. I think things are so fluid there that it, what they said eight months ago about what he's working on doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, I was doing final fantasy seven episode two. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> Please no. only, that would be amazing. Mm, but I want him to have room to do something, do whatever he wants. I, what, what if they give him room to do whatever he wants with that? <laughs> You can't, they, you can't change the story though. What if he did? What if they let him? Then fuck that. <laughs> I, I like Final Fantasy seven, but what I if mean, he made it better. I think you, well, no, <laughs> I mean, he are, you could, telling, are you telling me Final Fantasy seven could not be? Improved? No, I'm saying I near automata. I think I like more than Final Fantasy seven. However, yeah, so that <laughs> if you're calling it a Final Fantasy seven remake, it's the story should remain intact from the, the original one. Mm. 
I'm all for subversive stuff, but I would be disappointed. Barrett dies instead. (laughs) That's not the worst outcome. (laughs) Wow. 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 Um, If we're still talking square, though. uh, Man 2. Hell yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I don't play that many square games, honestly. I know they had a Pingu game a while ago. Maybe we'll see some more Pingu from them. Pingu? Pingu. The penguin. Like what goes wah wah or whatever. If you haven't seen Pingu, you new, need to new. you have a you need to watch some Pingu. Okay. Uh okay, how about Nintendo? Um I'll come back to Nintendo. Because they're so weird. I'll do some Sony. Let's do some Sony. Let's do some Sony's Sony. not there. Well, they'll still probably release something, right? Or uh, some kind that of was Death Stranding, the Death Stranding trailer. Yeah, I don't think they do anything else. Dang, because I would love to see them bring out something new for Infamous. Uh, I I could see them doing that at like PSX and be like next console. Yeah, I bet you Infamous. Every Infamous is a launch game for the next console. Just early, like it was for this one. Early. Yep. Maybe. Uh, also, I highly recommend that um, people that may or may not visit Seattle for PAX, or even if you've been to Seattle and not played it, you should like get the map of Seattle in your brain and then play Infamous Second Son. Yeah, it is it's, hilarious. It's it's real weird. <laughs> it's yeah. not. A re- I played that game before I had like, I visited Seattle a long time ago, but before I had moved here, I played that game, like when it came out and was like, Oh wow. What a faithful recreation of Seattle. And then I moved here and played it again. And (laughs) Holy crap. It's a good game, but like Mm -hmm. (laughs) Seattle is not accurate. Yeah. And it's, it's no Spider-Man for the PS4 Marvel Spider-Man. Excuse me. Uh, okay. At least the Island is shaped correctly. And at Uh, least, thing that's an island is an island in spider-man <laughs> uh if you want to like if you want to say some sony predictions you could but that's I'm, I'm not you i just i don't think there's actually i don't think they're going to be like oh hey and like pop something in it doesn't <laughs> seem like why they don't have anything to show yeah i would love to see something to show but, they- uh, let's see some new hokum that game was cool Ho-Hokum. but um I don't know. Let's say for Nintendo, they do something with Excite Bike. We haven't, seen, we haven't seen Excite Bike in like a thousand years. Okay. Excite Bike ninety nine. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> how would that work? Is it basically like those trials multiplayer levels, but with ninety nine people? Yeah, but it just goes TV? on forever. The the oh, the like man. lanes go on forever. That would be amazing. Uh, I think an, a really safe prediction is that we finally see some Animal Crossing gameplay and get a date. Oh man, what if they don't? You know, I don't want. I I don't I imagine, take uh, Animal Crossing. I bet is October. I, I don't so. take joy in other people's suffering. Certainly not other people's suffering on this podcast. However, I can't help I, but think it would be very funny if they didn't show Animal Crossing again. <laughs> Like yeah. if they just, cause like, oh man, cause they haven't said they're going to show it. They, no, they, 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 they announced the games that are going to be on, on their direct. And then they also said plus more, which is the dumbest. Why even release a list of games and then say <laughs> and more? 
because well, they're going to have, you know, they're going to have unannounced stuff. They're going to have, uh, you know, where did they Presumably in animal crossing? <laughs> I, but, yeah. But they, uh, Nintendo also does like stuff like every like two, three months. So yes, yeah. like, imagine though, if how much people would freak out if animal crossing was there was like a, and it's coming out today. <laughs> I think they'd want to hype it up more than that. They would. They will. They would not do that. Yeah. But and like, uh, yeah. I mean, Nintendo pretty much has, aside from October, Nintendo has like a big game every month for the rest of the year. I think. Right. They've got Mario Maker Two at the end of this yep. month. Yep. Fire Emblems in August. Is or July. August? No, Fire Emblems July. July. Yeah. August has something. <laughs> September, I don't know, uh, November is Pokemon. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. I have to look at it again. But like basically there's a big game for I don't remember what Nintendo's schedule looks like. No, no, I don't remember it at all. About most of games, but uh deal with that Pokemon. Yeah, yeah the Pokemon's looking good. That Pokemon's yeah. looking real good. I'm very excited uh, about that Pokemon. That's, that's Sword Dog. Uh okay. So any other predictions? Uh from Nintendo? Yeah, or, or anything, any Bethesda. You don't have any Bethesda. Oh, I don't care about Bethesda that much. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I but, wish. Well, I don't know. This is for the right to name Sam's child. <laughs> this, this is true. I, I forgot about that fact. Um, the only thing I care about from Bethesda really is seeing if that Wolfenstein game ends up being garbage or not. Okay, that's out in uh, August. Yeah, I think. Uh, also, they're doing a VR game. Wolfenstein Cyber Pilot. Oh, I didn't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which takes place at this, like, in the eighties, nineteen eighties, and you're playing. Uh, oh God, are you playing a scientist who's defecting from the Nazi? No, you're playing a, a Parisian hacker who's taking over like their mechs, and so in VR, you're playing and like blowing up Nazis with their own mechs. You know what I? You know what I realized about Wolfenstein that makes me uncomfortable <laughs> is with the way they've built it. Like we're now all the way into the eighties and the Nazis are still in power. So they can't put a bow. They can't let you as the freedom fighters beat the Nazis definitively because then they can't make any more games without like a reboot or whatever. But uh, they've, done, they've done it before. Uh, but, no, but, it, but but it's kind of an uncomfortable, like it's sort of the thought is like, uh-huh. they have to keep finding a way to make it. So the Nazis win every time. Well, because this, otherwise the money goes away from them making the Wolfenstein. I mean, they can also just not make Wolfenstein for a while. They can make something else because machine games is talented, but um, so they haven't given, I don't think they've given any real details about the game, but like one of the theories is this is like a alternate timeline that this takes place in. Sure. Yeah. I mean, well, there's the timeline to shift because BJ would be like super old. Yeah. Uh, Cause they said they're working on Wolfenstein three. So, you, and you don't play as BJ in this game. No, you're playing as his daughters who are yeah. like adults. Uh, yes. So, uh, but yeah, so the thought is like it, like if BJ failed, I guess in mm-hmm. Wolfenstein three, instead his daughters go on or something, you know, is theoretical, uh, it's interesting to put it before Wolfenstein three. It's, it's also, I'm not trying to be actually critical. It's more, oh, yeah, just, no. it was yeah. a weird thought I had of like, 
they can't let you beat the Nazis because then they can't make the more games. I mean, obviously they could, but it's an interesting, it's more of like, if I were working on those games, I would be like, Hey, you know what turns out Nazis come back. Well, there's that, but I think there's a difference between much like the measles. You think you got rid of it and then they're back. I think there's a difference between it, them coming back in the way we've seen them come back in the real world and them holding power for 40 years all over the world. Well, uh, yeah, uh, definitely. Well, I mean, that makes it even more likely that they'd, uh, and make it come back. Yes. And the moon. Yeah. yeah so, I, you know, uh, but well, that's cool. I'm not actually being critical. Oh no, yeah. No. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of ways around what you're positing. Yeah. Uh, I think I Honestly, got one. Oops, sorry. Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was gonna say I got one more prediction. I think is the same one I made last year. Okay. That Tokyo Marauder session comes back in some way. You are not the only person to make that prediction. <laughs> uh, do you have any hail Marys? Oh boy. Cause Tokyo Marauder session is almost it. Given how, uh, Atlas kind of crapped that out and then never touched it again. Mm-hmm. Um, Hail Mary, let's say that there's a new Wii music kind of, you know, one of them kind of okay. things, but you're using yeah. the Joy-Cons. And then a Switch music game. And Miyamoto's uh, promoting it and he's psyched again. <laughs> him him bow him, Bowser and John Vignaki up there. Oh my god, yes. Johnny V on stage with Miyamoto sounds hilarious. And it's all powered by Labo instruments. Oh my oh god. god. Oh, <laughs> uh, set. It's this is sounding a lot more real. <laughs> oh god. Oh. What have we done? What if we burst into this world? Like wow. that'd be real cool for kids, I guess. But it also, would be. you know, it would be real cool for kids getting real instruments. They've already done the piano. Like this is not that far fetched. But like for like three year olds or like you know like no, young kids, yeah. like, you know, what you can do buy like a quarter size guitar. Now come on, what are you doing? Good ukulele. <laughs> Oh yeah, no. Oh, are. ukulele. There's a new ukulele. All right. Uh, no, actually, there is. Oh, there that, is. That was, yeah, no, that actually got tweeted out this week. Oh, I didn't well, actually see not, that one. It's not a new ukulele. It's a new game from that team, though. Oh, oh is it? I thought yeah, it was. I don't, think, I don't think they said it was ukulele specifically. They said they weren't going to be at E3. I think. Yeah. That, no, like, that, that, that I'm not. What we've been working on, or what? No, uh, ukulele and the impossible layers. Playtonic's next oh, game. Okay. Cool. To switch. Cool. I just saw a tweet, and it, mm-hmm. and and it, it was not. It was it did not use that word. Those words. Oh yeah. Uh, cool. So yeah. That. Oh, there is a new ukulele. Congrats, Alex is one e three. It was. It was just the trailer went live twenty two hours ago. So yeah, no, oh, that was. Cool. I should play that. I like Banjo Kazooie a lot, and even though people are lukewarm on that game, I bet I would enjoy it. It was fine. It wasn't. It wasn't like offensive. It wasn't terrible, yeah. but it was fine. Like I, think I have it on Steam for yeah. from some bundle. It, it, it was fine. Dude, yeah. oh, dude. man, what if what if so? Nintendo and Microsoft are all buddy buddy, right? They're yeah. like playing nice. Banjo Kazooie and Banjo Tooie remastered for the Switch and the Xbox One. I think that's going to happen eventually. Because Banjo, Kazooie, and Tui, were they in the Rare collection or not? I can't remember. No, they were. Only Nuts they and Bolts. weren't they? I only think it was only Nuts and Bolts. Oh, I, feel, I thought Tui was, and I thought I remembered that they like switched out the N64s for Xbox 360s. 
That um, definitely happened at some point. That might be a case. They also put the uh, Banjo Kazooie and Tui on um, to Xbox 360 they like forever did. ago. It may have been for that release. So it, it might be on there. Yeah, that might be what okay. With uh, let's see, Rare uh-huh. I gotta install uh, that Rare Replay. Yeah, Okay, wait, nuts and bolts, banjo two, we banjo. Okay, yeah, they are on the rare replay. Okay. okay. But they're not remasters. They're just the ports that they did. The ports, from. yeah, the Xbox 360 ports. Which are yeah. pretty good. They they did do some work on those when they put those out, but they put those out again like ten years ago now at this point. So mm-hmm. uh the the it would be cool if they did a full remaster and made them because those games would be could look so good in like 4k with really good lighting and stuff oh yeah totally did did you guys mention the um oh what's the name of the studio the one that did alan wake remedy uh did you talk about the new remedy that game sounds uh, so cool. Yeah, it, it sounds, sounds neat. I th- they put out a teaser, so they're, I think they're gonna they're gonna show more D three. Um, yeah, uh, I and, won't I won't be able to do any coverage of that game because my cousin wrote it. So oh, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Uh, the the uh, Jeff Gersman of Giant Bomb talked about playing it on the Bombcast this week, and mm. it sounds so cool. It, I'm it sounds so very cool. excited for that game. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, something to look forward to. Uh, is there anything that you're hoping for, Alex? Like you made some predictions, but is there anything you're like, I really want this to happen for for any of the uh, or like yeah, the, the things the things that make me most excited about E3 are the things that are completely unexpected. So okay, it's tough to say. You know, like, uh, uh, I would love to see, like I said, before we started recording something new from like the Jedi outcast or dark forces series, but we already kind of mentioned, you know, the, the new, yeah, probably not gonna. Yeah. Cause that's kind of already existing. Yeah. You know, in a matter of speaking. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> okay. Uh, Pat, you got any, uh, thoughts on anything that's come out or I know you've been, feeling pretty strongly about like all the leaks that are happening and whether or not, yeah. What's what's even the point if everything's going to leak? Yeah. I I think it's an interesting, it'll be interesting to see what kind of surprises there are this year Mm -hmm. and, and like how many there are. I I guess my feeling is just, um, you know, we talked about it a little bit uh, in our chat yesterday. It's not even really a thing that I'm like passionate about either way, because ultimately they're marketing events, but um I think it's interesting. I think there's gotta be a breaking point, um, for companies as to whether or not they're willing to spend all the money on putting a stage show together. Cause I mean, Microsoft stage show costs millions of dollars. So at a certain point, what difference and Microsoft isn't a great example because they've actually had a pretty limited number of things come out. Mm-hmm. I think that Namco Bandai leak is probably stuff that was going to be on their stage, but, um, yeah, they've been pretty tight lipped, but if if it's going to, if you're going to spend millions of dollars on a show and then have your stuff leak out four days beforehand and Mm -hmm. have people reporting on it. um, I wonder if you would be better served to just say, have a direct style thing. That's like, we didn't spend a bunch of money on this. We put this, this stream together. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's one, I think having that all these events clustered around the same time probably makes sense. 
And I suspect you'll still see some, some sort of like clustering of announcements so that they can play off of each other when it makes sense for the publishers and the platform holders to do that. But them hold, holding a huge event in a theater. I don't think this is the last year of E3 as a show, but I wonder if it might it could be the last year of that. Maybe. Um, uh, I think there are definitely yeah. benefits to like, you get all like, you know, having all the developers in one spot. So then you can get all the journalists to come and see a bunch of games instead of having to fly totally. to where all the journalists are and do demos there. And, yeah. Which is yeah, why I think maybe place, so. next year, if everyone is doing a pre-taped stream mm-hmm. and then they still have the games there on the show floor for people, for journalists to come and play because everyone, they assume everyone's going to go, but just not have the whole, pomp and circumstance of the, the, the stage shows themselves. And then you'll still see platform holders. Like you'll, when Sony announces the PS five, they're still going to do a theater event. They're still going to have people come to see that. That's not going to be happens. a three though. No, no, no. But, but I mean, yeah. in the, in yeah. the far flung future, I could see a world where every year around the beginning of June, around before the E3 show floor opens, all of these companies have a stream where they show information. And then, um, but also, every three years or whatever, or if Microsoft sticks to a traditional console cycle, they have a, you know, Apple style stage event that they do where they're not spending quite the same amount of money that they do on running well, out of theater free three. They own that. That's the Microsoft theater, right? Uh, well, but I don't I think mean, they, I think their I, name is on it. I don't know if they I, own it though. I feel like that, isn't that part of owning a theater? I don't so, know. So you have naming rights on a theater without I guess, yeah. Can the Staples I, I feel Center, like if you have naming rights, you probably get like a discount or something. Can the yeah, Staples Center just know. fill it with I mean, deaths? it's still like, you know, the production stuff is still expensive. Yeah, yeah. AEG owns, AEG Entertainment owns uh, that theater. That is, um, that, does, that sounds like a shell company probably owned by Microsoft. <laughs> uh, they're like AEG Live. They do a lot of concert promotion stuff. In the, yeah. In, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's those events, even, even given that they may not, may not be paying a rental fee to rent out the state mm-hmm. of the theater itself that could be built into their naming agreement. Mm-hmm. But this, those events still cost oh, yeah, they cost ridiculous a lot of amounts of money to put on because mm-hmm. um, yeah, someone's think- eating costs. Yeah, I think E3 yeah. is interesting because it started in what ninety four ninety five, like that was before, like that was mostly for print magazines at that point because the, totally. the internet yeah. stuff wasn't really there. So it made a hundred percent sense to have everybody come yeah. to one place, announce everything, you know, have an info dump. But like, yeah, now in you know twenty five years later, almost like we don't need it. Like like Nintendo was totally ahead of the ball by doing the directs or ahead of the curve, I should say, and like mm-hmm. you know. I don't know really what the part of it is that I'm a little out of touch with what wider gaming demographics are. Like, obviously sure. I know that of uh, the, the, I play three games a year person is probably still the most common person that interacts with games. But I wonder, it used to be that like even 10 years ago, E3 was such a big deal because even though we had the internet and we had social media, people still would read like a magazine or watch the news. So it made a lot of sense for like when E3 happened, you would see it break into mainstream news. You see video games break into mainstream news, but anymore, I don't know that actual people buying video games, whether it's the three games a year or on the enthusiast side, 
those people are so curating their news feeds to get exactly what they want anyway. I don't know that they're going to be able to put astral chains, the, 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 uh, the kind of like niche genre game in front of the guy that plays call of duty every year, whether they put it on a huge E3 stage or not. Um, yeah. because of the way that people can curate the kind of information they're getting. So yeah. that's kind of more where it, I think it breaks down a little Maybe. bit because like, if you want to know about the newest Nintendo console, you're going to find out about it. The second the information is available, whether it's on a stage or, and something that, that ABC, that good morning America picks up or whether it's something that is like a leak, uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. This, it's, I'm not an expert at all. So I mean, at this system. point, mainstream news is they've they've got a lot to they got their hands full. Yeah. So there's, well, and there's also yeah, there's there's kind of two things about that. Like for one, I think most of the people who were the three games a year people at this point mostly care about cell phone games. If I were to guess, or um, like like that's probably free to play things that aren't like Fortnite or like Minecraft or like, you know, they've got their yeah. one like service game yep. Yep. that they're stuck on. I, I think it's, I think people who play one game and they stick with that game like year round a year in year out is a lot more common than it used to be. Yeah. Probably. And, yeah. And, and then there's the people who only watch Twitch. Like, you know, yep. like there's some people who don't, don't even play, play games. Like they just watch Twitch. So, uh, I think like those are interesting markets. The E3 doesn't really like, they don't people who are in those markets, they may might not care about E3 because like, you know, they're just kind of following what is interesting or whatever their favorite streamer is into or whatever that case might be. Um, and on the topic of kind of old media turning modern, there's an interesting video by, uh, a guy named Gigguk on YouTube, G I G G U K. Uh, he's all about, um, anime and stuff, but, uh, you can find a lot of parallels in one of his videos to what's happening in the video game industry in the, in the nineties, eighties and nineties, but more nineties for like people our age, uh, anime. If you were into it, it was very niche and it was hard to get the news unless you were really looking for it and like finding out what the new one is. And then like, you know, when you're in the late nineties, early two thousands, there are things that are now considered classics. Like you look back on Coast video and buying $30 DVDs with two episodes on them. Yeah, sure. But like now you can look back and say, Oh yeah, Fomel Alchemist. That was a classic and stuff like that. But now in 2019, 2018, you know, past few years, there's such a, such a huge volume of them and they're so easily accessible that now the audience has gotten so much bigger that like it's no yeah. longer that little niche it's no longer that little thing and it's harder to find classics because a everything is better now like the quality is yeah. generally higher because the standards have raised uh but also the audience is so broad that it's impossible yeah. to say uh this is a classic for everyone it's, yeah it's hard to come up with collective opinions on yeah because right. I, I, yeah. I think i maybe i saw what or it wasn't a video i saw like a thread about this and like, like shared, like the shared, uh, like lexicon or whatever of like what people from like that age, like, Oh, everyone was into like these anime. If you like anime, yeah. like you liked all of the anime that was available because that's all there was. Like if exactly. you like anime, you liked card capture Sakura, you liked dragon ball, you liked sailor moon. You like, you liked all of them because it was what was available to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just so had a conversation. You say, yeah. You could just say, Oh, I like anime. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Whatever. But now it's 
there's so much more. Yeah. Like, so like I like games means basically nothing. Yeah. Well, um, sorry, just uh, the the name of that, the name of that video is the death of classic anime. Mm. Just, just, I think kind of to that note, I was thinking about this as I finished Dragon last night, where like that, that game is, um, like really phenomenal in a lot of ways. And I remember like gone home is one of my all time favorite video games ever. And I don't think dragon is as good as gone home, but when I played gone home, when it came out, there was like nothing else like it. Um, and it was so monumental to me. And the reason that I call it one of my favorite games ever is because of the, how it affected me. And like, (laughs) Now this year, if you were to compare like six of the games that I played this year to six of my all time favorites, it might even be hard for me to objectively argue that those games I consider all time favorites are better than those six games that I played this year. And we're not even talking about like new Zeldas and stuff. We're talking about stuff like void bastards and Draugen and God of Roboto games that are like, they're so good now and so it's hard to to your point and this is a tangent it's not really related to the press conference stuff but 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 it's so hard to like pick out games that are really really phenomenal by standards today because they're all so much better than a lot of the games that were coming out when gaming was more niche yeah speaking of that do you know what got announced yesterday uh, uh destroy all humans. humans oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, speaking of things that got announced yesterday i think it was yesterday right uh this there's two days ago now i, I i'm in a different time zone so everything's weird um, i guess the stadia thing but i don't want to talk about stadia i want to talk about what does microsoft respond with i think their service will be well Anyone who follows my opinions knows that I'm highly skeptical of Stadia to the point of, I think it's kind of dumb, but uh, I think that Microsoft's answer will probably be a lot more compelling to people who play video game, like who to like core gamers to use their marketing language. Mm -hmm. Um, I am baffled by the fact that so many really hardcore enthusiast people are excited about Stadia. I think it's incredibly strange. I I think there are like, I think people who travel a lot for the job, like if you're a journalist who travels a lot or for whatever reason, I guess I think it makes, I think it makes sense. Um, but having all your stuff on there, I, I don't know. I I don't, I mean, and, and, and I think it with the caveat of like, it seems like it's going to be great for the UK market. Like now that I'm interacting with more people in the UK gaming space, they seem hot on it because network infrastructure is so good there that maybe that will be, so I don't certainly in in certain markets, it might have bigger play, but like I just $130 doesn't, I don't get why people, especially in the U S are interested in paying that much money for that thing to, for a device that they're going to play, like console games and PC games on that they're already playing on their consoles and PCs and will buy new consoles to play exclusives on anyway. Like, but, it, I mean, will they? Cause I mean, maybe those people don't really care. Like there's plenty of people who don't care about ex- like Sony exclusives or whatever. They're like, you know, they're not into like the narrative games They're you know, or 
whatever Sony's putting out. I, I have not been interested in a Microsoft exclusive in quite like, or, you know, something, saying, something, ex- but, something exclusive to the actual Xbox. But there, and, there aren't any. I mean, there's, yeah. I mean, now it's all on PC, but like, exactly. but outside of like Forza or, you know, I have so very but, rarely been interested in anything Microsoft puts out exclusive wise. Sure. Well, I'm, what I'm saying is it makes sense to me that there, I don't think stadia is like for no one. I yeah. think there's people that it fits for, but what I'm getting at more is like gaming enthusiast people mm-hmm. like who, who, those people are going to buy fucking PS fives. They're not, they're not going to buy a stadia founders edition yeah. and not purchase a next gen console. It's not going to happen. Yeah. There's no way <laughs> the stadia thing is really, I'm split on it as well. I think the technology is really cool and totally. it, seems, it seems like it works, but it seems like the it pricing does. structure and everything that they've said about it has just been so nebulous. Like that's kind of my point. Well, I'm, I'm still mad about them killing inbox. So yes, same here. <laughs> but like, if uh, it's, fuck off with that yeah i would trust x cloud more than i would trust stadia in terms of a gaming platform x cloud being the new xbox yeah yeah whatever yeah Um, sorry sorry go for it i i think um if they were saying hey you're gonna pay 15 dollars a month for stadia or will you can bundle it with your other google subscription fees and um, then, and then you're getting everything on the platform. Then to me, that would make a lot of sense. That would be much more of a like, okay, so what you're really are delivering a Netflix style streaming platform for video games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the way that they're, people are acting like the Stadia pro subscription is going to get you a shitload of stuff for $10 a month. No. It, it's going to be like PS plus. There's going to be like a couple games a month added to the library and they're probably not going to be new. Um, yeah. I, I think they've said as much. Like yeah. it's, it's old game. I don't know. I I can't use it living in Japan. Uh, it's not coming out in Japan in the immediate future. Uh, yeah. I you, I did the beta, like the Odyssey Assassin's Creed Odyssey beta, um, back in December, and it worked. Like I had a few moments or hitches totally. where like downgraded to like you know 360p or something, yeah. and then, but then it shot right back up, and I didn't lose any like uh, I didn't lose uh, like. Like it didn't disconnect or anything. It was like, Oh, we got to scale way down. Oh, and then we're back up. Yeah. I, I don't, I played all of red dead one on, um, PS now on Sony's PS now. And I did it both on a PC with a wired connection and on a wired PS4 mm-hmm. flawless. It was a phenomenal way to play that game. Didn't notice any yeah. input lag, never had any issues with anything. So I believe in the technology and I fully believe they'll be able to deliver it. It's more, the structure around it to me, the fun, the, the cool idea, this is why I'm excited about the idea of X cloud. It would be so cool to be able to say, to use X cloud to like, Oh, the, so, um, there's a new X game coming out and I can play, I can stream a demo mm-hmm. and play it without downloading anything for like 10 minutes. And then yeah. that tells me whether or not I'm interested in this game, mm-hmm. those kinds of, yeah options while also being a viable service for people who just want to stream. Yeah. I think that's what is so cool. Um, and then to say like, well, and you know, these games are part of your game pass subscription. And I, I think stadia will still be, if people utilize it that way, cause that was part of the promise is I think if I could hop on YouTube and watch a trailer or like, you know, get into like stadium and play a demo. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I'll totally use it for that. Yeah. Uh, which is cool. I would too. The thing is Google will not keep that service alive. If that's all the people do with it, like they have yeah. to be making money off of it for them to, what they'll do. I suspect too, that the launch games 
will be games that are very easy for them to, you know, they've got Bethesda games coming. They've got Ubisoft games coming. If this thing tanks and isn't making the money next year, they can say, we've we're closing the stadia uh, experiment don't worry we're going to send you keys for your library to get on the uplay store and on bethesda net launcher and your controller works as a great bluetooth controller for your computer and you got a chromecast ultra i don't know if it does that i don't don't know that either wi-fi one thing that sorry this is related but uh, one thing about the stadia stream that what do they call it stadia connect um, yeah, yeah. They made that guy look real big. They did make that, that guy real small. Phil Harrison, right? Uh, real yeah. big again and real small again. Um, <laughs> no, the one thing I noticed is: was there any exclusives? Like it looked like. Uh, yes, they will probably timed exclusives. So but it's hard uh, to say. Who knows? So, uh, like so uh, guilt? But like, yes, but, but like, but like more to the point, like the thing that they really threw their weight behind was Destiny Two, like base <laughs> Destiny Two, weird. which is what like three years old. No. Two or three going, years old. Years old. I, I, if you, which is also going free to play, um, right? Yeah. So like, <laughs> so like four so Stadia comes out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like I, but like, I can't, so it it doesn't have it has all the DLC. The free to play version is only the year one content. Yes, but it won't have Forsaken no. or Shadowkeep or year yeah. two annual pass. But, but that's but all they talked about on the Stadia stream, anyways. Yeah, they, the, the, you know, they showed the some new stuff. Uh, oh, but yeah, as far as like their selling point was like, hey, get access that, to. That's what I'm getting at. That's why I don't understand the fervor around it. Like, I think yeah. it will be a useful service for certain people in certain markets. It's but a new thing. It's it's shiny. It's new. I bet. So if Microsoft comes out swinging uh, in like what two three days time, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like three days time, they come out swinging with the X Cloud stuff. Uh, I bet a lot of people canceled their pre-order for Stadia because a lot of them already have a box. They probably already have, you know, maybe they already have a Xbox or if they don't have an Xbox, which most people probably don't right now. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, but they you probably have a windows device. Probably have, you probably, you probably have a windows 10 device playing games. Yeah. Yeah. Or not, um, even if you're not playing games, you probably, right, have, yeah. maybe, yeah. I mean, maybe you've got a Mac. The, um, the two things, uh, the stadia does google is there's like a whole stadia games division that's developing and publishing games yeah. that are going to be exclusive to the platform and guilt is one of those and that other that packer whatever unpack, uh, oh, that, unpack, uh, pack, i don't remember what, what it's, it's called that, that looked terrible the pack up yeah those are, both, those are Alex, both those are both i didn't get that pack. To talk about uh, packing on this episode <laughs> you were joking about it and then <laughs> keep talking about packing <laughs> but that, both of those games are stadia exclusive from what i understand and um but neither of those look compelling to me as exclusives really like no. it looks cool but uh, uh that unpacking yeah. game looked so amateurish like it did not look like a triple a well, they haven't had that much time to build stuff you know yeah, i mean, That's yeah, true. I mean well the thing is it didn't look like something that was like could would take advantage or it's like, Oh, well it has to be on stadia because well, yeah. it's like this super impressive, like 10,000 player battle Royale or whatever. Yeah. And that's the other thing is they sold. I understand that it's early in the yeah. cycle. I get it. But aside from showing the split screen during that breakpoint trailer mm-hmm. of like your teammates, which doesn't make any fucking sense because it's like, it's not like Graw where you had like first person camera, fuzzy camera views of people. It was like, here's just their screen and their UIs. Mm-hmm. also on your screen, which I don't like, but, yeah. uh, um, this, from that, none of the stuff they showed has any, like, 
there was no reason for you to play it on stadia versus anything else other than you don't have to download it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can play it on a Chromecast. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know. So, I mean, if and, you're trying to go minimalist, you're trying to get rid of a lot of stuff. Yeah. But I think it sort of speaks to like, I was listening to the, the, and they have to cover it for their job. So I'm not actually being critical of yeah. that, but I was listening to them talk about it on the beast cast. And after everyone, Luke kind of had a lukewarm reception to it. Everyone in the room was like, yeah, I pre-ordered it. And it's like <laughs> this weird, like they have to, again, for their jobs, but I've talked to other people who are just enthusiasts that don't even go so far as to like, like, I don't, that sounded weird. There are people who are not interested in like writing about or whatever games that were like, well, yeah, I pre-ordered it. Cause I got to get my name and I got to be there. I got to be ready on day one. And it's like, no, you don't <laughs> got to get your name. Like you can you ignore gotta... it. You don't have to buy everything that comes out. And that's coming from someone who buys a lot so of shit that comes out. I were to pre-order, I'd get something. I wouldn't even get my own username that I normally use. I get like Batman. Or yeah. Something. Get a good one yeah. and sell that shit. I guess I'm real dumb. stupid. Uh, also to make a correction, I was wrong. It, it does come with destiny Two the collection. Yeah. So yeah. it's better but, than the free which one, is, but, which still, is, but still, still. But yeah, no, yeah. So it comes with the, it comes with all the stuff, but that's for three months and it's for, it's like three months, two, three months after destiny two is free to play. The first year of destiny yeah. two is free to play. Well, and it's very ambiguous when you look at that store page, it seemed less ambiguous in the stream, but when you look at the store page, it like at first it's like they list the things that are in the package. It's like mm-hmm. Chromecast controller, three months of stadia pro buddy pass for three months, which fuck off. That doesn't have monetary value. Uh, and then um, destiny to the collection and they frame it. Like you're getting destined to the collection. Like if you let your three months lapse of stadia pro, then you get to keep playing destiny too. But then in the text of the store page, it says like get three months of stadia pro the service that lets you play, get access to a selection of games from the stadia platform, including the first offering destiny Two. So it's like, is it a game you get forever or are they claiming that play, being able to play I, the collection on stadium? I imagine as soon as you're, so really you're saving 10 bucks on buying some new controller and a Chromecast and then getting three months bundled into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so that's not a three hundred dollar value. <laughs> did they did they tell us the value of? Yeah, they touted the, how the monthly. Would, no, what's the monthly? Oh, cost? ten bucks. Ten uh, bucks. Yeah. Thirty. What? Yeah. What? So they're touting this as a three hundred dollar value for this package, and this is in the weeds. Like I get it, but it's so frustrating, and it kind are of speaks to like. Are they counting sixty dollars a month for Destiny? <laughs> well, I think they're counting that whole collection would be. $60 for destiny two, or even $20 for destiny two, $40 for forsaken $60 for the annual pass or whatever it was oh, 30 or 40 for, um, shadow keep and then 40 or whatever for the destiny Two, the year two annual pass. Oh, why is destiny two so expensive? What the fuck? I don't know, but they're, they're saying essentially that yeah, the destiny yeah. two is $130 value. <laughs> why? I don't know why they're of, Hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why they are throwing in with destiny. Like it's that. weird. Like, Cause p- the people who are playing destiny are already playing destiny and they've, they've got a place to play it. They, they already gave I, it away for free on PC. Yes. That's yeah. What I'm yeah. yeah. Everyone it has that. And it's going to be free again for yes. good. You know, the yeah. first, 
the first year. Cause before it was just base destiny, yep. base destiny two. Now it'll be the first like three expansions, two expansions, three expansions. Uh, I think. Yeah. I think three. Uh, so yeah, I don't know, but okay. I didn't want to talk about stadia, but I want to talk about the X cloud stuff. I, I want to know like what your predictions for that are based on like stadia, what we saw, do we get a, basically the, the E3 before the PS4 and the Xbox one, do we get the Sony equivalent from Microsoft? The Sony I, equivalent the from stuff? Microsoft. I don't know. Do, do they just come out and are like, we're undercutting you or like our, our service is like the value is better. Basically you can use the controllers you have. Uh, yeah. I think it's part of game pass for one. You think it's part I of think game they pass? roll it into game pass. And I think, I mean, based on the number of value ads they've been doing for game pass, they clearly want, they clearly want to like, pump that service up. Um, so I think it's part of game pass. If nothing else, it may be like they introduce a second tier of game pass where there's like mm-hmm. game pass light and game pass premium or something. I don't know. That seems like it's a little too complicated. And I also they make a higher tier or a lower tier. I think they make a higher tier that includes the okay. streaming. But actually what I think is that the streaming is just a thing that comes with game pass. I don't even think they do that, but I could see it. Um, uh, I could see that f- until the next system. And then they say, okay, we have to raise the price. Cause like bandwidth, but like, sure. yes, it worked totally. That, uh, that like makes basically sense. what Sony did with yeah. the, uh, with uh the and, and they didn't, they didn't, PlayStation Plus. they got some initial pushback for that when they did it, but and it, ultimately people accepted it pretty readily. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it would be fine if, and I, I also think on the next, if thing, they, if they demonstrate the value of it, then yeah. Sure. I could see a price increase for the service overall. Um, but, uh, I think they also are in an interesting spot that, um, I don't know if it matters, but it was a question mark I had when listening to people talk about this and I'm not trying to come at this from like a, what does it mean for me perspective? Mm -hmm. Because I can deal, but I bought, when I bought Xbox all access, um, the way that that works is you get a code for two years of Xbox live and a Mm -hmm. code for two years of game pass. Mm -hmm. Like, is it, it would be weird if they didn't have some form of upgrade path for people who have, and those codes were like retail codes. You could buy those at a store on like a card stand. Yeah. Um, so it, so given that they sell that service that way, it would mean that they have to have some kind of path for people like me to be able to upgrade. And I don't know how the infrastructure around like, well, you can buy another code for two years and this code is only $5 a month versus the second code. That's for people who don't have game pass at all versus this code for people who yeah. like want it all or whatever. So it's a little muddied. I, that's part of why I think they'll roll it all in is just to make it easier. And then it also allows them to kind of beta test that stuff with people mm-hmm. who are getting game pass already. Um, sure. so yeah, I, I imagine you'll see that stuff. And I think, uh, that they're going to be pretty, I actually think they're going to be pretty transparent about what they're working on for the next console and what directions game pass is going to go in because like every year since the Xbox one launched, they've been, or every year that Phil Spencer has been helming, I guess they've been very like, they've been pretty upfront with like, yeah, here's what we're doing. We bought these studios. We're working right. on this. We're doing this. Uh, so and I don't think it it's still remains a case of, I wish they, they were doing something I actually cared about. I, yeah. I like what they're, I like the way they're presenting themselves and I like everything they're doing. There's just none of it is anything I want, which sucks because they seem like the cool company now. Like Sony seems like the cool company, like at the start of the generation. 
uh, with like who they had and then like yeah. everyone who left and then Phil Spencer <laughs> took over at Microsoft and everything. So I'll definitely say as someone who's who mostly who has split their time pretty evenly between the PS4 and Xbox this week, having played outer wilds on that and, uh, the show on PS4. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not really a fanboy for either platform holder, but I feel like I have an antagonistic relationship with Sony where it's like, all right, what are you going to make me buy? Which is silly because they're not making me buy anything. But like, what are, what are, what what am I going to have to fucking buy to do to play God of War because I like that game a lot? Um, whereas with Microsoft, I feel much more like, what are you going to offer me? Kind of like what is? It feels more of like a collaborative relationship yeah. between them and their consumers. It's yeah. not. <laughs> that's not how capitalism works so it's not but i, I think like they've done a good job of selling it that way i feel yeah. like microsoft as a company has like really just in the past five years they've really changed yeah. their whole image in a really positive yeah. way and yeah, i yeah. think that has extended to their gaming division whereas sony they started uh the generation like especially with the launch stream and like whatever that was 2012 2013 uh mm-hmm. like being very humble and like that was when they brought out Mark Cerny, who was really like yeah. really, really great choice and like super affable. And- yeah. Like, and Shu Yoshida was still there and Yas mm-hmm. like all, yeah, whatever um, they, they were all there and they were really cool. Adam boys came out and was just a quirky mm-hmm. dude. Like, but now they're feeling mm-hmm. just so like, so buttoned up. So and PS3 so everything, era. <laughs> everything they say is like, why would you say this? Yeah. That's like, uh, like it seems like 10 steps backwards. And that's, that is a yeah. little bit worrisome, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, the thing I wonder though, is I kind of go back to the, like, this is where I feel out of touch with what the gaming audience is like, is how many people who are going to buy PS fives even know who Mark Cerny is. Oh, like how much does any of this shit matter? It it doesn't, but we're talking about us. No, Um, I know. I know. But, but in terms of like the, the actual overall image and, and success of the platforms, like, yeah, that's totally fair. I don't know. Cause yeah. Uh, but I don't know how much I trust them now. Uh, so totally same. Sorry. Them being Sony or yeah, them being Sony. Uh, to like, but I, I feel like it's hard to mess it up at this point. Like as long as they do like the basic thing, they don't do another like cell processor like scenario. If they keep like what they've talked about, it sounds promising. And then like some people did like, Oh, Microsoft's dad could beat up Sony's dad. And like saying the next generation Xbox is more powerful than what they're, uh, suggesting for the ps5 or whatever uh but it's just i like the like business decisions i'm like they're gonna make some boneheaded moves that are gonna just really put them behind again i just feel like strategically and we talked about this a bit on the on the podcast last week when we were doing predictions with my kind of microsoft predictions but i think strategically sony's whole deal is you're going to buy this because you want the games. You want the software. Like uh, Mm -hmm. I, I I know I keep getting people keep like arguing with me. Not so much here. We've always had good conversations about it, but every time it comes up, people keep arguing to me about how like PS five is going to blow PS four out of the water. It's going to be the best looking thing ever. Things and games are going to look like real life on it. And it's, I just don't think that's true. I think you're going to buy it 
because you want to play Spider-Man two and God of war two. That is why you're going to buy a PS five. They're not going to look who's buying it for the other stuff is silly. Yes. They're going to look marginally better. It's going to be like the jump from a PS4 to a PS4 Pro, probably, or similar. The the biggest stuff is going to be quality of light. It's going to be load times. It's going to be it's going to be stuff like that. And it's maybe it's just because I have an SSD, but I don't have any interest in spending five hundred dollars on a console for load times. But I mean, if you're with like exclusives, you know, if you can play Spider-Man with 0.8 second load times instead of like 40 second load times, hey, imagine how many more games you could play with all those. Yeah, but but I guess what I'm saying is, you know, to your point, I don't know how much I trust Sony because I feel like I I feel as though the hardware jump is like what they could also just sell an SSD and integrate it software wise better in the PS4. Maybe. I, I don't know if that would I don't think it at this point because nothing's built for it. Like they, yeah, has, they, had to some... build, they had to you know, they had to make a build of the Spider Man game to utilize it. I just yeah. think it's such a it's such a <laughs> like propping up a weekend at Bernie's corpse to be like and gamers are gonna love the load time frame rate uh high def like 4k 60 yeah. you know or i think it's supposed to be 4k 120 they don't but, have but that's not yet yeah but they get they, they get put out the big numbers and consumers like to go that's a big number that number is no. bigger than that number i guess i agree with you what i'm saying is it's all a grift oh <laughs> that, yeah. kind that, of that doesn't matter that doesn't matter yeah. and it's I a mean, bigger grift this time than it was last time to me to, you know that's kind uh, of this, the same thing kind of happened with the ps3 though like they're like oh this is like the first commercially available blu-ray player really like mm-hmm. that was reasonably priced at least and like you know adoption didn't come in the first year that was like three or four years because well, i think it, it costs did, like six hundred dollars yeah but like it did get there and i think 4k is going to be similar like i think if you went to buy a tv to a brand new tv today i don't know if you, you could buy get a 1080 like i don't yeah. i don't even know if 1080 is an option get 1080, but like yeah but like 4k is so prevalent now like yeah, even and it's it's getting cheap enough but yeah like you can get like, like a three because the number is bigger yeah you can get which a 300 dollar vizio tv that's 4k yeah like it, which it, i I guess that's kind of why I think that the more consumer friendly model that I would, I, I think my, I could see Microsoft adopting, but I mean, maybe they won't is more of a like, Hey, improvements to this stuff is pretty marginal. Mm-hmm. So there's no reason we can't run halo infinite on your Xbox one X. It's powerful enough to run the game. But if you want to buy, if you want to play it at 60 frames a second in 4k mm-hmm. with really fast load times, then you can buy this new box. Mm-hmm. And I feel like th- that's a more consumer friendly move that is, that is a in line with the kind of moves that Microsoft has been sure. making, but uh, I don't, I yeah. mean, I can see them not doing that too. It could just uh, be new consoles. Let's do it all over again. Who's the, who's the new Sony guy? Uh, I can't remember. Sean Lane. Sean. No, no. The other one who took over for, is it Andy house? Oh, I don't know. He, uh, I don't know. He was the one who made Europe. No, or not Sony. He was this one who made the stupid comment about why would anyone want backwards compatibility? Um, yeah. now he's like one of the big head people in charge. Um, I'm sure there'll be backwards compatibility. I guess I'm, no, more no, but, but that's, that's not the point of what I'm saying. Uh, that, that was just to like reference who the, who I'm talking about was yeah. that guy who said that, uh, he's now in a big position of power and there was an interview with him 
about uh, the memorandum of understanding between uh, Sony and Microsoft about the streaming or about their like Azure services. Yeah, is this, is this uh, Jim and, Ryan? Uh, him, what is this, Jim Ryan? Jim, yeah, I think so. Jim Ryan, um, basically saying like, yeah, we are, you know, we're going to use the Microsoft tech to be like, we haven't gotten there with our streaming stuff. Like, you know, we've, we are building stuff, but this is going to get us, allow us to compete with like Stadia. When you've got like people like Google entering the foray, you need to really up your game. And so, you know, do we see someone from Sony on stage at Microsoft to talk about streaming stuff? I don't think so. Like, probably not. But what if? Uh, yeah, I and think. Then, like, I I could totally see PS Now becoming more like a Game Pass thing because they said they want to improve Game Pass. So, like, what you're saying about uh, what you're saying about Microsoft and like the streaming stuff with uh, Xbox One, like Sony is perfectly capable of doing all of that stuff too. But mm-hmm. again, I don't trust them at this point because no, that, yeah. nothing they have done since like you know uh like with sean Layden's robotic ass communications <laughs> 101 gesturing and uh and i think they're gonna do yeah. i think they're gonna say like well you know ps now is going to see improvements on ps4 but no you're not gonna be able to stream spider-man 2 to your ps4 because it's a ps5 game uh, they, they, could totally, they could totally do that. Uh, but, Oh God, I'm, I'm like halfway to having a thought, thought form. <laughs> and I just can't finish it. Uh, maybe it'll happen. Uh, but yeah, but I, I, if they, they need to like improve PS now and I think they are working on it. Oh, now I remember. Okay. Uh, cause what you're saying was like, do people know who Mark Cerny is? Do they care about any of that? And I think they total, they don't, people don't need to care about who Mark Cerny is, but they, Sony needs to keep their image intact because remember what happened to Microsoft at the start of this generation? Yeah. Where, yeah. Like Don Matrick and like, you know, <laughs> Don Matrick tanked, uh, you know, any goodwill that Microsoft had really almost single handedly, you know, and part of that was like the marketing and the decisions they made about that console, but also the way they talked about it. Yep. Yep. And how and that's because their messaging got away from them. Yeah. Well, also, but also Don Magic out there saying, oh, we have a console for people who don't have good internet. Yes, the Xbox 360. Totally. Yeah. Uh, and, that, and that all the people, is still just legendarily bad. And yep. all the people who even like months after the Xbox One launched were like, oh, I need to be connected to have that. Stadia it's on. still today, probably. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like it's, you I know, mean, today they don't give a shit. People are excited about Stadia, which is way more restrictive. Yeah. But I mean, but I mean it originally yeah. was. If, totally. you talk, if you try and talk to people about, I'm sure there are people who still probably think like yeah. the Xbox one has to be online or whatever. And so, well, you know, if that's what people are talking about, if people are talking about how bad Sony messes up their next console or even Microsoft or whatever, that's going to stick for a while and it's going to really hurt them regardless th- how good it is. So I think, I think it, going back to the leak conversation about E3, it, like it sucks if that messaging gets away from the people and they can't deliver it how they want to. Cause like a lot of these games, like who the fuck knows what any of that stuff with watchdog means yeah. and without them being able to explain it and True. they're going to yeah. make some real bad explanation about how it's apolitical <laughs> or something. Yeah. But, uh, Oh, I saw some tweet. It was like, uh, yes, the, I know what you're talking about. Story, uh, yeah. More mature games yes. because they do, they're not political. Yep. Rami was ripping it apart. It was yeah, uh, but um, yeah, so it's and um, honestly, I think where Sony can drop that ball, and I actually suspect they probably will, is uh, the price conversation because 
the hardware that the the specs that they've kind of been that have been floating around are not cheap and there's it's going to be very challenging for them to deliver that without having to come on stage and say something like 599 i mean if uh if reports are true and microsoft's tag can in fact beat up playstation stat then they're probably not going to beat him on price no no so but the thing is again i'm you not a strategist for microsoft but if microsoft says well yet no i don't i think microsoft will say Hey, up front, this new console, the new Xbox Pro or Infinite or whatever, most powerful console ever developed, and we're aware that 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 price is not palatable for everyone, so you're going to be able to play all of these games mm-hmm. on your Xbox One X for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. By well, doing also, that, also rumored to have two SKUs. Yeah, which is a weird one and that kind of makes may invalidate my unless it's like a streaming only box. Right. Uh, and unless it's like you, uh, my thing plus like also the Xbox one X works equivalent mm-hmm. to that. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Skew, yeah. Who knows? But I mean, like, I think that the console manufacturers think that because people are willing to pay a thousand dollars for an iPhone, that they're not going to bat an eye at a six or $700 console. But then I think that they're wrong because <laughs> I don't think people will pay that much money. for. Uh, I would agree. You know, probably. If Microsoft is willing to uh, finance them, uh, <laughs> Maybe, maybe, um, but Microsoft but, isn't doing the financing. That, that's the thing. No, but I, but I mean, you know, if if they're willing to like set up that kind of program again, like they did with the yeah. uh, the all access though is the thing is the all access is done through Dell. Mm-hmm. It's just they messaged it smartly. Dell's the one you're just buying an Xbox financed through Dell for like mm-hmm. a zero percent APR deal. Sure. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, But if they, you know, there's business agreements that have to go into that. And if they, you know, set up those agreements or whatever, uh, it's possible. I mean, that's why phones work, right? Like, yeah, I I don't, but you can, you can also bring a phone with you everywhere. No. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, And phones feel much more vital to like, and with Stadia, now your phone is your console. So uh, if it's a pixel. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hey, guess what? It fucking is. Unfortunately. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, well, I don't even know. Will it even work on the Pixel 2? Is it only the Pixel 3? Oh, I'm not sure. I thought it was the Pixel line, but maybe I'm wrong. It might be the Pixel line, or it might only be the Pixel 3 line. I'm not sure. Uh, it's only going to sure. work on Chromecast Ultra. So if you already have a Chromecast. Is it only on Chromecast Ultra? Yes. Or? Is it only 4K well, on Chromecast Ultra? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll tell you this. <laughs> Unless they have figured out some way to harness the untapped power in routers that have been around for 10 years, there is no fucking way they're going to deliver any kind of streaming gaming over Wi-Fi. Chromecast Ultra is the only one with an Ethernet cable. Your, your whole internet situation is very confusing. Like when we played Smash and it was just <laughs> trash. Every oh. time. <laughs> I, just, I mean, I have a particularly bad router that I need to replace. Yeah. So don't, I'm not, but still yeah. like well, just yeah. the, the well, basic principle of like streaming gaming, like over a router at any kind of fidelity, that's going to look good on a nice TV. Who is Stadia actually for? Yeah. Like yeah. think about if you're talking about Wi-Fi, think about someone who lives in a densely packed cities, urban center, that's like New, New York, like that where yeah. the Wi-Fi, yeah, the Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi channels are just Wi-Fi crazy. six, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I see, don't think I it's going to function well. I see what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. And, and, and frankly, Chromecasts are already very finicky over wireless networks. Like mm-hmm. there are people who have, good 
who like there's the magic network where people's Chromecasts work 100% of the time. But most people that I talk to with Chromecasts, they have to, you know, the audio gets out of sync or they have to reboot them or whatever. Um, which adding in games to that is like a whole other level of this sucks. Mm-hmm. My Chromecast just kind of stopped working the other day. <laughs> I've I never had an issue with the Chromecast I had back in the system. I've got a Roku Ultra, but that's not going to play Stadia stuff. I, I guess it could if you had the controller. If you had the Stadia controller, you probably could on like a Roku. Maybe at launch, it's only going to be available on Chromecast. No, I, I know, but like, there's no there's no reason it wouldn't be. Yeah, like, but it wouldn't come to that platform. But, you know, and then it comes to those other platforms. Trying it's all contingent on whether or not they support it. And maybe this is Google turning over a new leaf and they're like, no, we're going to, we're, we believe in this service and we're going to continue to offer it forever. They've never done that before. So yeah, we'll see justice for justice for inbox. Uh, that, uh, does anyone have any final thoughts or could we get to wrap up here? I think we're probably good to wrap up. I know it's getting late for you. And we've got uh, the Fallen Order stream starts in a half hour. Oh, well, maybe I should stay up. (laughs) It's it's only 1 a.m. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm interested in this E3, especially if we're going to see kind of inklings of the next generation. Um, But I I, I think the games that are definitely next gen. Totally. Yeah. I think we already have. Oh, uh, the next gen games are the friends we made along the way. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I think this E3 is going to be interesting, and I think next year's E3 is going to be different. That's my yeah, okay. prediction. Okay. <laughs> uh, I I wrote down your uh, your predictions. I'll send those to Sam. Thank you. That way, if you win, you can uh, name his child, name his baby. Yeah, you can name his name, name that baby. Duke uh, all right. <laughs> Duke Nukem Harrison. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, That's what Randy Pitchford would name his baby. Oh, my God. Uh, 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 you can find me on Twitter. Uh, the writing I've been doing, I wrote up some stuff about BitSummit. I have written a few reviews, including Black Paradox. I've got another one that I'm working on, but that's embargoed for another 11 days. Uh, you can find that me on Twitter at CoolSlaw, C-O-O-L-S-L-4-W. You can find all that stuff I was just talking about uh, on my Twitter feed. Pat, where can people find you? Um, you can also find me on Twitter at PJC Plays, And I've been writing some stuff as well. And I have a Dragon review coming. Great. Uh, Alex, where can people find you? Victoria, BC, where I now work for Universal Mu- Music Group. Can't believe you just doxed yourself. Uh, yeah, seriously, come on. <laughs> if you can uh, find it, go for it. <laughs> uh, it's not that big of a city. Uh, to walk, to you can find office. us wherever fine <laughs> podcasts are sold. That does not now include iTunes. It's gone. What the fuck? Or it's going yeah. away? I don't know what's happening there, but uh, it's going away. Where do you review podcasts now? Apparently, someone that Stitcher. I work with, their like uncle invented iTunes. I guess I don't know. Is that like an, my uncle works for Nintendo? Jobs? <laughs> I don't know. That's what she told me. <laughs> is this, wait, is this like that girl who was like Steve Jobs was like my dad? But I was, oh, right. It was out of wedlock and he was a terrible father. And he like, oh, you read that? Yes. yes. That's pretty good. Uh, uh, as you work with that girl. Um, anyway uh yeah you can subscribe to us get and hear all our thoughts on what happens at e3 next week uh where we check in see who won the bet and determine what sam's uh new child's name will be 
Do we have to have our names ready by then? No, I don't think so. You've got, we've got months, months to go before we bequeath the name upon that, that baby. I, I think like we wait for the announcement, like Sam has to be in the lip room, like he's here and then we'll send the name on like it's it a closed envelope. Mahalo.com is pretty high on my list of names. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's okay. Well, we'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm feeling good about my predictions. Uh, nothing I've predicted is really leaked, but I still feel good about my predictions. You should name Sam's baby Ansem. <laughs> Zan or baby, uh, or it'll just be it'll be Sam with an X, Xmas. <laughs> you ignored his own child. I say you yeah, ignored that baby. Sam's baby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel weird joking about Sam's kid when he's not on the well, not on the podcast. He did it himself last week. No, no, but it's, it's, but up, not, he was, no, it's not. It's that he's not here. Like yeah, the name thing is like one thing, but then it just it goes too much. Uh, anyway, uh, thanks for joining us. Episode 73. We'll see you next week on the 15th of uh, June to talk about E3. Uh, goodbye, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Have a good day. Bye. Or night.